street fight friends and family guys gals and non-binary pals we are here to take calls that's right once again it's sunday night we're street fight wcrs lp fm here in columbus ohio listen to the best on wcrs there's all kinds of great shows you can find it at wcrsfm.org as well uh the number to dial is 614-655-3887 um and we want to talk to you. The queue is open. We're ready to hear what's going on in your world. And uh, we want to know what's going on. That's it. That's what we do. Just, we're hanging. Black Velvet, hanging. our little boy smile. And watching the Black Velvet video. That's what we've been doing. We have our licorice. <laughs> we have some twisty ropes, rainbow. Sweetheart twisted rainbow punch ropes. Uh, so, yeah. Black velvet in a soul southern style. That song is good. You're going to be blaring it? No. Probably not. Not when I get in a car. <laughs> you know what I have to listen to when I... Now? Is, uh, uh, Hellbilly Deluxe by Rob Zombie. I have to listen to that. The song? The is whole album. The album. Probably twice. Every day? Tomorrow. Maybe tonight? I don't know yet. Why? I have not listened to it yet. It's P.O.D. cast. And oh, I thought you were really grabbed onto this album in your personal life. No, I haven't felt like listening to it, but I have to do it tomorrow because I'm I'm reviewing it. It all sounds the same. It all just sounds like the grunting guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a Rob Zombie fan, so I don't think I'm going to hate... Well, white zombie fan. I, I kind of jumped off when Rob Zombie happened. I thought I, a little too mainstream for mm-hmm. me when he went Rob. Oh, yeah. You know? I was like, this white zombie is the best. Yeah, the bloody ro- guitars and shit. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I kind of jumped off, so... I do like Rob Zombie. I do still listen to a lot of it, um, but... I never know the names of the songs because it all sounds the same. Oh, yeah. It's like this, ACDC. One of those fucking albums, you know? Like, you know, you you do the POD cast and you review all these fucking albums and stuff. And then, like, you review all these albums and, like, sometimes you're like, you know, you get an incubus or something where you're like, oh, you know, there's a lot I can fucking sink my teeth into. There's, you know, all these songs sound different and there's all this weirdness going on. And then some months you get a fucking Rob Zombie where it's like, I don't know. I mean, it all sounded like one song. <laughs> yeah. I was, just, I was just banging my head the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's all I was doing. Yeah, it's weird, man. It, it's like with that show, like, though the, the regular episodes, right? Easy. Easy. I can do, because we don't go track by track Okay. on regular episodes of the POD cast. So, like... I'm doing Rob Zombie. I'm talking about the overall vibe and the feel of the Rob Zombie album. Maybe being like, oh, you know, Living Dead Girl fucking kicks ass. You know what I mean? Like, you just talk about a couple of the songs you like. Now, when you do the bonus content on that show, sometimes it'll be like, hey, you know, you guys need to review uh, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre soundtrack. And not one song, not one song stands out. And you got to go track by track and you're like, is this the one where they said like 
I'm a pimp or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're trying to remember, like you're trying to grasp on to anything that's in one of these fucking songs. But yeah, but Hellbilly Deluxe should be fun. I yeah, mean, that's a not album. a bad album to, to do. It's not really new metal. I, you know, I let it slide. It's the new you know? wave of American heavy metal. Uh, I think it's just like rockabilly metal, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's it is like Wikipedia style, like Pantera and Beyond is and in, was like the stuff that took over. That was just a whole new style of metal that only happened here. I don't really know what and new Rob metal's Zombie, in there too. I don't even know what Rob Zombie is. Like, I don't even know like how you call it metal. Really, it doesn't even like Rob Zombie to me and White Zombie. They never really fucking were like, I'm gonna mosh to this music. Right? Like, you don't listen to it and think, like, oh, I gotta, I gotta mosh to this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, all I Never think about is just, way. I guess just bouncing my head up and down. Yeah, it's I just... more party-ish. Yes, yes! That's I've said this before. Uh, maybe even on the 100 million tons of steel, I've talked about this. Um, with, like, party music is, metal is not party music. You don't put metal on at a party. You can't. People will fucking get all mad at you and yell at you. I hung out in a group of all metal fans growing up. Like every one of us metal fans, you throw in a party, you ain't fucking listening to metal. You're listening to rap and pop and stuff like that. But White Zombie, Los Exorcisto, Devil Music Volume 1, and Astro Creep. You can put those on and people fucking go a little wild, man. And, you know, people love Dragula and shit like that. So that's it's kind of cool. Uh, uh, Jonathan Dennis in the chat said, Rob Zombie's from my hometown of Haverville, Massachusetts. His name is on the sign, welcome on the Welcome to Haverville sign. That's awesome. Yeah. I would love it if we had, like, somebody like that in Columbus. like Like us? That would be nice. You know, that would actually be really great if it was like home of Brett Payne and Brian Quinby. But anything really would be nice. Dave you know? Thomas, the Wendy's guy? No, we don't want him. We don't? I don't think so. No. I mean, working at Wendy's sucks. And people complain about the food all the time. Yeah, people don't like Wendy's. Wendy's is down at the lowest tier of fast food right now. They're going through one of their... They're going through a phase. But, like, hold on. I'm... I can name a person from no 21 pilots. That's it. That's the guys. <laughs> That's who we have, dude. I can't think of any other people from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, you know, I remember growing up in Groveport wanting to be, uh, wanting to be somebody when I got older, which is definitely obvious that i wanted to be something that, good wasp how song. i ended up being it's a good wasp song too and uh um but uh I, so i grow up wanting to be somebody be and like somebody. never knowing anybody famous from columbus okay. and then living in groveport always being like i we had a wall of fame at our high school and it had an astronaut that wasn't even one of the famous astronauts I think his name was like Thomas Hennon. And then we had a tennis player who didn't like really win anything, but she did play in Wimbledon. Ah. Lilia Osterloh. So that's what we all hung our hat on uh -huh. there. Like 
I mean, I guess famous people come out of this school, <laughs> but it's even to say, I mean, R.L. Stein is from here. Yeah, and Simone Biles. Oh, is She's she? probably the biggest one. She probably don't live here, though. Uh, I don't know. Not anymore. I, I wouldn't. Once yeah. You have, like, once you have that amount of money, you, there's no reason to be here. Guy Fieri is a pretty shocking one. Yeah, I remember that because they wanted to change it to Flavortown, and then he's a piece of shit owner, and then, yeah. 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 I mean, it's just, it's, it's really slim pickings. If I, if I got to tell you, it's tough, man, you go through and, and like the only one that I really am proud of now that I know about is Philip Michael Thomas, who played Tubbs on Miami Vice. And uh, (laughs) Tubbs was cool though. Tubbs was fucking cool. You gotta admit. Okay. (laughs) He was cool as shit. Go look at him in those Miami Vice pictures. Yeah, he's Yeah, tell me he's not cool. I like that style. Yeah. So, well, you know, maybe someday we'll we'll pull into Columbus after a tour. And it'll say home of tubs. Home of Street Fight Radio and Tubs. <laughs> that's the only that's what I'm proud of. I would have a cutout of him on the arch when you come into the state from I believe the north or the east. Yeah. There's an arch. Let's just get a fucking big cub cutout of tubs in his tubs costume, dude. People would want to move here. But what if you could do, what if you had a cutout that was like a Miami Vice cutout, but there was no Crockett and you got to go stand in there next to like a tubs painting or like a cutout or like a, like a wax figure or something. I always like that. I always like that. Like you're in the scene and you got your blazer on with the sleeves rolled up and you just kind of kick back on the side of a, a Countach. I don't think you could do wax figure outside. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know the science behind wax figures, but I'm 90% sure you can't do a wax figure on the outside because true. it would just, it would look scary after one day in the summer. Yeah, you're right. One day. All right. right. (laughs) It's one day in the summer, and you walk up, and you're like, okay, well, I'm out of here. So it would be nice to have famous people. Like, people in L.A. get famous, and people in New York, they, like, get famous because they're like, "Mm, I know a few famous people, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Every time we go to New York and we hang out with people, granted, we're, like, on the periphery of show business. But every time we hang out with people, you know, they always know some famous people or like have talked to them or, or have met them. So it's kind of like I have this thing in my mind where like if you live in New York, you just know somebody that ended up famous. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's I think it's I think it felt that way when I was in elementary school, probably. Yeah, well, I never uh, grew up. I never kind of grew up from elementary school, so. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching um, boxing documentaries. Okay, the sweet science. I think I'm getting into boxing. That's a weird time to get in. It's very fucking weird. I'm like thinking about Googling who the boxers are right now. That's my next step Uh is Google who the box, who are the boxers? And then find out if I'm into it because I think I know a lot about boxing now because I watched a lot of documentaries about it recently. And uh, I kind of know how the fight game works. You know what I mean? Of course I do. Yeah, I, I can see how you could pick that up pretty easily just from watching documentaries. And then Katie fucking keeps making fun of me because when we go out on our walk, I sometimes will shadow box. <laughs> 
to try to get like the blood flow into the upper part, you know? And she's like, you don't look like tough. Like you don't look like you're boxing and nobody boxes the way that you, cause like the way I move is like this. It, it, like imagine a boxer and he goes in like this. I'm gonna stand up. I don't know if people can get me, but uh, this is my move. Okay, right. This is just two front, two jabs, and an uppercut. Okay, and uh, that's my new thing. Yep. Oh, you can see me a little bit in the frame, but uh, yeah, I do that now. I'm a boxer. Yeah, I see. I think most people that that are like imitating movies and they look really slumped over, like <laughs> and really slow. So I know what Katie's saying. I did fall down the other day trying to do footwork. Okay, why don't you just go? Get to a boxing gym. Or something. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. But I, I want to do footwork, and I'm, I'm like, I think like, I was like telling, I was telling Katie, I was like, I, I think like I should go to like an MMA or a boxing gym because it's something I want to do. I'm joining a gym this winter. Uh-huh. It's time to join a gym and really get in there and get fit, you know, and uh. uh but I think I'm gonna like fight or box or kickbox. One of one of the three. You know? I just wanna fucking grapple with somebody, you know? Really get in there. Sure. Fucking stretch them, you know? I feel like I could whip some ass. Really? Well, People on my level. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like it'll be I'll pro I probably I'll I'll I'm a beginner. Yes. Maybe one step up from beginner because I'm sort of an ass ass kicker um really a little bit just like in tapes in my mind yeah <laughs> like in my mind i think about all the different times i would whip ass yeah. and uh see a lot of people think that's enough and it's really only about punches thrown on real people this is the only way to get good at fighting i know but a lot of times you'll think you, you gotta soak you, a punch you give your your you give yourself some time to think about what you would do <laughs> yeah yep you know you gotta do that first yep Think, think it, it's all about uh, planning ahead. It's not, yeah. it's not simply just going wild. I've always said that. I've always said if you gave me six months, I could break a brick with well, my hand. I've always said that. Six months. Because that's another thing. You just Google that and find out how they do it. And then I'm not saying you could do it right away, but like six months seems like enough time to like Google. It. And I know that the, the bricks are gimmicked that they'd use, you know, they're like hot or something they say. So yeah, they're baked to remove them. They're baked to make them more brittle. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was thinking about doing. All right. Well, I love that this, for you this winter, this winter, I'm going to turn into an ass kicker. That's I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm motivated to become an ass kicker this winter. Now it's going to be fucking January and I'm going to be still walking 12 miles and, watching movies all the time, but I hope to join a gym. I think it's, I think like somebody's got to teach me how to do gym stuff. I think I'm just gonna like the trainer thing, but not like the, not like a personal trainer. You know what I'm saying? Mm -mm. Like the, the guy that teaches you all the stuff, a personal trainer, but doesn't sit there with you while you do it because like that's expensive. <laughs> that 
that's the reason. Isn't there guys that'll teach you this stuff and then come back to you in a month and be like, so how was the stuff I taught you? I'm, I don't, not that I know of, maybe you found, maybe you know of one. I mean, you could also break a brick in six months and already are above a beginner boxer. So one I'm not step, on your level. One step above, not even, I mean, don't I mean, take that have, like bragging. I mean, they have to monitor you, monitor you. They can't say just throw these hundred pound weights over your fucking head and walk away. <laughs> like That's they have to make sure you know what you're doing. Um, I do think that uh, something of, I have the amount of arrogance that is necessary to work at home um, where I, I will try and practice and watch stuff and work on it. Um, but when I'm unsure about what I'm doing, I really don't want to do it. Like yeah. if I don't feel like I'm doing it right, it's like, is, is this okay? Is this how you do it? Is you don't want to get hurt. Yeah. You don't want, yeah, I don't want to get hurt bad. Um, so yeah, when I went to go, when lifting weights for the first time, I hired a trainer yeah. and that was the best part was that because then I had the answers lift the weight like this it feels like this and there's no yeah. guessing and you're not listening to some instagram person that's yeah. like in college for kinesiology it's <laughs> just like reading their textbooks out loud or something yeah i mean i've i i kind of made this decision like last last year when you were or last year when you were seeing your trainer i was kind of like i think that's the way to go man because like i fuck myself up so often like i'm just not a guy that doesn't get hurt i i wish i was a guy that doesn't get hurt like i met guys that like jason doesn't really get hurt like he hasn't broken stuff and shit and like there are people that are just built like i don't get hurt me i get hurt all the time i'm just a hurting guy you know yeah you and it. if i was lifting because Katie's always like, why don't you just do kettlebells? And I was like, I'll fucking throw my back out with, I can guarantee you 100% what's going to happen if I do kettlebells. It's going to wreck my back because I'm going to lift with my back or something or, or, or fiddle around with it in the wrong way. So yeah, that's been, that's been my weekend. I, I did watch this weird documentary about a cult that uh, um, this is like the third one I've watched about cults like a series so you now you think you're gonna start one no i have the i'm here's it's worse than that in my mind i'm like how does it happen how do you end up in one you know uh -huh. i get listen to all these people that have been in cults now three separate full series about cults and i'm like how do you not start to feel like this is fucking weird man like how do you not start to be like does this like it's this church it's like a christian church this one i watched this stuff about and i was just like i mean how do people get so into being in church like it's unfucking believable how much people love church it's I mean, crazy god or drugs like when you're either crazy about one of them and they'll ruin your life yeah yeah Oof, man this lady was this this new one on it's on hbo max it's called the way down uh -huh. and uh this woman came up with a diet that was based on jesus but then it like goes way out into yeah. like another world you know I, yeah i think for me it's something i've never met somebody in real life that's been in one so i don't know if i care like that's unfortunate that they're in it but I mean, I just think they're like stupid dumbasses. I mean, I can't, I, 
you know, you, you feel bad for and people abused. that have been through shit. You know, yeah, you, you feel bad for people that have been through some serious shit. But as you start watching these things, you start to feel like, like, like why don't you just fucking stop going to the church? That's, I always, I always think that. Why don't you just stop going to the meetings? I mean, I also stayed in marriage for way longer that I should have just walked away from. I know. You but just it, get afraid of what you don't know. Like, you true. get comfortable, like, this is fine. I know how to fit in. I have a place here. I mean, and it's just imagining you're getting rid of your entire life. This one came up with a situation that was crazy. Like, they came up with an LLC. Uh-huh. Uh, that was just, it was called like Exodus LLC. And it wasn't like a business that focused on one thing. It focused on everything. So they got doctors, they got dentists, they got piano teachers, they got everything there. And then the people at the church have to use that company to get all their stuff done. Oh, smart. So it's just like, you know, you are just like stuck, you know, you were just stuck like there. You didn't feel like there was anything outside of it. Yeah. Because you never spoke to anybody on the outside, even though you were free. Like they were free to like leave. This wasn't one of the ones where they lock people in a building or anything like this. They were just free to fucking go. It was crazy to me. I just, I don't know, man. I think the reason I didn't get caught up in anything like that is because I'm a quitter. Like I just, I quit that. I, I'll just quit. I don't like this. Yeah. I quit. I, uh, yeah. I mean, we talked about it a lot, but I don't, yeah, I don't feel bad about quitting shit either. It's bad. It's bad. I mean, I don't finish it because no. of that. I know. <laughs> but at least I'm not going to finish like a, a suicide pact that I called. Yeah. You know? I'm not definitely yeah. not going to do that. No, you'd quit. And one last thing before we go to calls, Brett. Uh, I think, you know, we all need to, a round of applause here. A big milestone happened in my daughter's life, Gwen's life. People have been listening to her on here since she was eight. Uh, she went to homecoming last night and uh, went to a high school party afterwards. Oh, fun. No parents. Booze and drugs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, look at you. All right. And then I was like, who'd you hang out with? Like, what'd you do? You know, she said, I hung out with the weed people. And I was like, did you, you know, did you have a little bit of weed? And she was like. They were smoking it, so no. And I was like, mm, so she's not gonna smoke weed. All like right. smoke a bowl. That's a she, good one. That's a good that's a good rule to have. Yeah, she said it's a bowl. She said they had the way she said it to me was like <laughs> they had a bowl. And uh I didn't like want anything to do with it. But like I find that like a lot of teenagers don't like to get involved with a bowl because they don't know how to use it anyway. Like they can be confusing, I guess, to somebody who's never done it before. But yeah, I was very happy. I was very happy to have my kid go to like, she's never been to one of these parties ever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, freshman is not like no one shows up as a freshman and is like a social butterfly, you know? Yeah. It took time for me too. Yeah. She's a junior. So she, she got to 11th grade, but, uh, yeah, I think it's real cool. I, I I was real happy for her, man. I mean, she said the dance sucked. And I was like, when I got to tell you, dude, all dances suck. Yeah. None of them are good. The TV shows are lying. It's all scripted. <laughs> it's like it's it's like Cinderella pornography. It's it is. It's like Disney. 
lies about like Prince Charming's and and soulmates and shit. There's none of that is happening at your local fucking gym where you're not allowed to do grind chains. Actually, <laughs> actually, that is something that was very funny that we were in a conversation at dinner. And uh, I was like, uh, so you're not going with anybody? She was like, you know, I have, like, a person I talk to and stuff like that. And she's like, I think, you know, he might want to dance with me. But, like, you know, all people do is grind. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> they're, they're freak. Actually, she said they, all they do is freak. Wow, they're that big into the 90s again. They're freaking. <laughs> Okay. So she was like really fucking nervous about it before she left because I think she thought she might have to freak. And I was just like, I mean, practice on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a dude. I'm a dude. So like guy freaking is really just standing there. It's like riding a, it's just riding a horse. You just got to stay on. <laughs> you got to stay magnetic. <laughs> you just got to stay stuck and. <laughs> yeah. So I understand probably being a little bit freaked out about something like that because, yeah, that shit. <laughs> you should have had like a sign, congratulations on your first freak dancing like yeah. right in the yard. I don't instead, of, you... instead of homecoming, just like freak dancing 2022-21. I mean, I can't believe they freak dance and I can't believe like also the other side of it was like the homecoming court was a dude and a, a girl and uh uh she said like all the kids and all the teachers were like bummed out about it because this was the first year that gender didn't matter on the homecoming court <laughs> so she said it was like really deflating when they brought them up there i mean the popular kids are gonna win yeah oh yeah you're That's not what gonna she said. you're not gonna reform the vote with, with diversity yeah that's what she said. She was like, the, you know, the guy that won is like a really popular kid. He just, he won. So yeah, that is, that was, it was very funny. Uh, very funny that she went to a party. It, it, that kind of stuff makes me laugh. Uh, I trust her. She's a good kid. Uh, and is afraid to like do anything. So that's nice. You can't be worried about her. Cause she's just like me. She's afraid of everything. Like anything that would make her look silly. Like, it's funny when I think about going to parties when I was a teenager and it was like so many people laying on the ground, throwing up all over themselves and just making a spectacle of themselves. And uh, I only had that happen like one time and it was on accident because my friends fucked me up. Like we were hitting this big six person bong. It was like this fucking fat and six of us were filling it up and I don't know what they did. Like, but all of us were filling it up. And then when it came time to clear it, they all fucking took their mouth off the hoses and put their fingers over it. And I breathed in as hard as I could and, uh, stood up, walked three steps, fell down, threw up. And then I don't like, remember what happened for the rest of the night Mark. and then never did that again. I never became a spectacle. So I feel really happy with myself to have never been a spectacle. Now I, now I make my living as a spectacle. So yeah, you learn how to monetize it. Let's take some calls, man. Let's Time see what take some calls. Let's see what the listeners are up to. Thanks for going street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's Ryan. How you guys doing? What's up, Ryan? How's it going tonight? Good, you know, just uh, I-70 westbound coming on the great uh, metropolis of Zanesville, Ohio. So, oh, Brett spent some time, time there. 
Yeah. Yeah, slow down to yeah, 55 the there. Yep, first sign is now, so I'm, I'm in the process of doing that. Thank you. Damn, Appreciate I just that, provided Brian. a service on the fucking podcast. Because I hate that shit. Zanesville, <laughs> it's 70 uh, until yeah. you get to Zanesville. Then it's 55 and then 70 mm -hmm. again. So yeah, don't get pulled over on there. from the right. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm trying not to. I just wanted to say, real quick, before I get started here. Earlier you said you, when you were growing up, you wanted to be somebody, be something. I just want to say, on behalf of the Street Fight community, you are something, Brian. Uh, <laughs> not least because you just told me to slow down. No. Just, just something. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. That was not what I was shooting for. I Yeah. But, uh... uh <laughs> So what's going on, Ryan? What's up? Right. So there was, uh, I think it was like a couple months ago. I don't know. You guys were complaining about people who come in right before close at restaurants, like 10 minutes or whatever, and think it's the perfect time to have a meal of six people or whatever. Yes. Yes, for sure. Uh, so, right. Those people are shitty. I haven't worked in uh, food service, but I have worked retail before, so I have a basic understanding of uh, you know, clients and how bad that can be. But um, I think there was a caller last week who touched maybe on this with the bartending thing, which is pretty cool. Uh, but what does the food service industry look like, do you think, after we, like, destroy the Constitution and, you know, rebuild everything from scratch? Uh, I mean, because it's people's fault for coming in that close to close, but it's also, like, you're not paying the staff enough, you don't staff enough people, it's not clear... Like workers are not disposable and all that. So how do we get at the root of that to make sure that doesn't happen? I, I sort of if you, I, if you don't mind talking, you do that. Fine, we can skip it. <laughs> I do want to say, like, I I do feel like there is an amount of money where people wouldn't be mad if you came in even two minutes before closing. It's just not the amount of money that they pay, and generally. You know, in in my experience, uh, people haven't like. In my experience, even if they do come late, they it's almost like just don't act entitled about the whole thing when you come in there too. That's all it is. I I don't feel like I don't feel like uh. uh it's always wrong to come in late. It, I, I think it's wrong to come in late when people are making $11 an hour and like, like they're not getting, you know, it, if you do come in late, you got to tip like an incredible amount of money and stuff like that. Like, I think that's okay. But, uh, uh, as far as like how, after we get rid of the constitution and stuff, you know, I tend to believe that like, you know, I, this is something Brett has said quite often is that like, we just hand over all the restaurants to people who deserve them. <laughs> uh, yeah. My opinion is that is more one. It would just have to be a conversation, I guess. Like sometimes the grill isn't that fucked up or you have some things left over you can get rid of. So I should say if someone walks in five minutes before close, um, if you're like, uh, we're about to close. Um, we don't have Alfredo. We don't have this or that, but you can have these items, you know, like if you, if you have to bargain it away or they just have to say, Hey, 
you know, uh, we already cleaned up everything. We're not making any food for the rest of the night. Sorry. That, that right there, the honesty of we've already cleaned everything up. We're done. Yeah. You know, this place is open. I. You could even put, if the owners weren't so greedy, on the outside of the door, you could put, like, we don't make any food after 930. We close at 10, but this fucking place is open until 10 for the people who were here before 930. Yeah. Like something like that. Like I think it's really about just creating customs, you know, that that uh uh um yeah, are better. In that way, right? Probably. Yeah, it's new customs, Maybe. I think is really what we're shooting for. We're we're I think when we talk about like you know, everything going down and, and you know, obviously people like eating out. I mean you know, if I had to guess where most of my money goes, <laughs> it probably goes to restaurants, I guess. I mean, bills, then restaurants. Like, I can't imagine because I don't have anything new. It's not like I'm running around in like all new stuff all the time. I just fucking, uh, I'm broke, but I do eat pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So like like I think people always want to do that and and I really just think it's like a, a matter of of making it worth it for the people that are doing it um which is just treat people the way that they used to say they treated like factory workers and stuff like that you know have a union Pay them a living wage, have health care, have days off, have paid time off, have all of that stuff. And uh, I think things I think that it, it is something that could definitely happen. It, it, we do not live in a world where nobody wants to work at a restaurant. That, I think, is something that people think. But I know for a fact that there are people that like working in the restaurant industry. It's not like an industry full of everybody who hates it. Um, you know, my sister's a chef and like works with people who like doing it. And there's a lot of people that like being part of that, like kind of fast. It's like kind of a fast lifestyle and stuff like that. And uh, uh, I, I mean, I want people to be fully realized. I just want them to get paid more, really. And benefits. I, I really think like health insurance... <laughs> is the <laughs> i think health insurance is the uh uh health insurance and paid time off i think is what we should really be shooting for i like to if i could work in a rest like it would be it would be interesting i think i like to cook a lot i like to be in a kitchen but one i've heard the environment sucks and the pay is not good you know in healthcare so like i mean there's no incentive for me to want to do that besides personal joy i guess but um that's not how how you really yeah no it doesn't really I work think like a lot of people I think, I think if you would want to work at a restaurant, the the type of thing you look for really is like you you're you know obviously you only get to start at, at the at the bottom, but like once you work your way into like sort of fine dining and stuff like that, uh, or even just like the the rung below that. Uh, you can make a real living doing it, and the and the people are real professional, and they they seem to my my my. My sister, man, she works so many hours a week and seems to love it. Like, it seems like her entire, like, drive and life is being at this restaurant. So I think there are ways to work at a restaurant where it's good. It's just uh, she also, 
you know, uh, uh, it was really tough getting there for her, <laughs> like starting out, yeah. you know? So yeah, it is, it's a, it's a hard, uh, it's a hard situation to, to, uh, uh, be in. Um, but I, I mean, it doesn't seem bad. The people are great that work at restaurant. It's the owners that suck. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, be careful out there, Ryan. You know, watch out for the police. You're almost to Columbus. I will. All right. I'll wait as I go by. One final thing, if I could. Okay. Just real quick. Shout out to Bear. I, I like hearing him every week. I would say keep calling in. I love the stories, if you're listening. Um, we love Bear, too. That, that's about it. Oh, and shout out to Gwen, too. Congrats, congrats on our first, you know, big party. That was <laughs> pretty exciting everybody's excited everybody's happy <laughs> have a good night ryan yeah. all right you guys have a good night thank you guys bye uh if you ever do end up in zanesville the museum of art there is actually pretty good really i liked it they had some modern stuff it was cool because they had some real like what you would think zanesville would display in their art museum type shit and then they also had some modern stuff that really fucking blew me away yeah yeah well, I have to check it out. Loudest fucking rapper. These things are so hard to pull apart. It's wrapped in firecrackers. Yeah. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Hello, hello. Oh, me. Sorry about that. What Hi. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, this is uh, Chase in Dallas. What's up, Chase? How's it going? Oh, it's going all right. Uh, having some weird sensations uh, after uh, I went to a shitty dare thing at when I was eight years old that featured a live performance by Police Ice, oh. and had not thought of that uh, man since then until uh, until it came back up recently. So, <laughs> pretty good rapper he is. He does okay. He's old. He kicks it old school. <laughs> he does. He does. He's a homeboy who became a cop. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's hilarious because there's actually a video of that thing from like 1992 and it's exactly the same style it's, he hasn't evolved whatsoever he is the same guy yeah yeah police ice uh, 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 what, did he speak to your class or did you just get to go see him in concert which is always great no, it was a thing at the like local park amphitheater. They were doing like a weird dare thing. So I was like, "All right, whatever, fine." I'm outside, and even you, at eight, I was like, "Yeah, this guy sucks." <laughs> you don't have to, and and you know what? If people are making fun of you for going to that, let me just explain something. When you're fucking eight, and you see live music, it blows your fucking mind. It. I didn't get to see live music until I was 10, maybe, in fifth grade, whenever you're in fifth grade. And I saw the cop band that we have in town, Hot Pursuit. And uh, I went fucking bonkers for it, man. I just thought it was the coolest thing I ever heard in my entire life. And it was just because it was like... Super loud. Loud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first time you hear how loud music can yeah. be, you just go nuts. That's just the way it is. I mean... Obviously, police ice stinks, um, but also I think police ice is one of those guys. Like uh, uh, police ice is one of those guys that does the whole like 
um, he raps so that he doesn't have to do police stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think that's really what police ice actually is. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's he's like, I'm passionate about this because it's just an easy-ass job. <laughs> and he's the only person in the game doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't ever have to get in a police car and, like, drive around and stuff like that. That I mean, I think that's really what... I mean, with for years now, right? For fucking years, we had D.A.R.E. Uh, callers call into this thing. And the D.A.R.E. officers are as dumb and gross and creepy as any other person that people uh-huh. have called about. And it's just, like, I think... The dare people? No, no, no. Uh, Anxiety of the spectacle in the chat said our cop band in Detroit was called the Blue Pigs. No. There is no way. They were like a hardcore band or something? (laughs) (laughs) Did they proto-punk band? Yeah, yeah. And you said you're in Dallas, right, Chase? Yeah. So he travels around. Are you from Austin? Or does he travel around uh, uh, the yeah, I mean, state? You, you can't burn he was out. Definitely your... traveling around. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, you can't burn out your city. You couldn't do like a police ice concert in Austin every single weekend. Uh, I have some news for everybody. Uh, the Blue Pigs is real, and I have to apologize to <laughs> whoever it was. Let me see. I want to apologize to the person in the chat that I said was lying because it's a hundred percent true. <laughs> Anxiety of the spectacle is not lying. The cop band in Detroit is definitely called the Blue Pigs. I am looking at pictures of the Blue Pigs now. So there's a cop band in every state that just services all the schools. It has to. I Yeah. There has to be. We had one. Michigan has one. Texas has yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. We need to find out all 50 cop bands now. It's just. And play them. On goddamn show. Yeah. Maybe like a countdown, like what MTV used to do on New Year's Eve every year. It's yeah. like, all right, and coming in at number 25, the Blue Pigs with <laughs> drugs. They're bad. Maybe, maybe that'll be our New Year's Eve stream. Yeah. <laughs> drugs. Don't do them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a Detroit Pig song now. It's called uh, Fight the Crime. Not, not a good... Not a good song. <laughs> I'm not into that one at all. Um, I'm thinking like a Public Enemy Fight the Power parody. Oh my God. Don't say that. Because fight the crime. Fight the crime. You got to fight the crime. That beat. <laughs> fight the crime. Fight the crime. Yes. I'm Googling it. Uh, I'm looking on YouTube to see if we can get uh, some blue pigs for Wednesday. Um, so it was good. He was a pretty good rapper and stuff. Oh no, I I even remember at the time thinking that he was uh he was pretty bad and I generally forgot about him until I saw until I saw uh, he came back up and I was like, "Wow, I I had completely forgotten about that." But yes, I I saw police nice when I was 8. Yeah, the kids didn't look very excited in those videos that I uh, saw. Oh no. 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 <laughs> uh but I was actually going to call because I got an interesting story of uh this shitty software place I worked and just this weird moment of like middle, middle management surveillance that I did not realize. And when I saw it was kind of 
started to crack open my eyes a little bit of uh, talking about like basically how banks schedule people as lightly as they humanly possibly can. Uh, we worked on this bank software that was, you know, usually for just like transactions, all the normal bank shit that happens in a bank. But there was one area of the software that's like, oh yeah, for some reason we've run this scheduling application too. And it's like, why would we run a scheduling application? Like there's a million things off the shelf that anyone can use. Why are they paying like weird money for this software? And the real answer was that it tied into all the bank's records for like, historically, this is how we think like a Tuesday in the second week of June is going to look like. And so it would suggest hours. And if you deviated from the hours, but you deviated downwards, the software was very much like, eh, I, you know what, it, it, are you sure? Yeah, all right, fine. But if you're like, no, I, I know, I know we're going to be swamped that day. I need, I need like more people than it says. It would be like, hey, are you sure? And if you were like, yes, I'm sure, it was like, all right, well, I'm going to go tattle on you to like two of your bosses. And I'm going to tell them that you're doing this. And it oh. was just astounding to me because it was like, oh, that's why this shitty, like non-functional, like kind of crappy software exists is not because it's like, oh, useful for them in any real way. It's, oh, this is just a mechanism for telling on when somebody staffs, like staffs our banks to like reasonable levels. Yeah. I mean, it does feel like, like banks are, first of all, it, that, Bank was bank was a job I wanted when I was younger. Hell no. Teen. Like 18, 19, 20, that early part, because I thought it was like the best job you could get because of hours. Banker's uh -huh. hours, you know? Okay. Um and you know, you have in your mind that they pay well, although I don't know what they pay. But you know, when you do think about it, uh there are not a lot of people ever working in the bank when you go there. I haven't been to a bank in a really long time, but uh, the staffing levels at banks are sort of low usually, and people have to wait in line. And, you know, that squares with all the stuff I know about how call centers work, too. Is uh, you got to staff it at so that there's no possible way you could get all the work done, so that uh, nobody's sitting there and doing nothing. But um, exactly. I love bank. I I I I wanted to work at the bank so bad. Uh, also thought I would figure out a way to steal money. I never wanted to have a job where I wore a tie. <laughs> you wore ties at the bank? Yeah, they. You would have. Yeah, your little scrawny ass and like a big billowed out, ill-fitting shirt with the tie hangings. So, yeah, you would have been. You would have looked great. Why do I feel like it was polo and like? That's what it tags. is now. They used oh. to be fake. Back in the 90s, I feel like when I was a kid, like, they were fake as fuck. Like, they acted like they were business centers. I guess they were, because people did actually have to go there. Yeah. You couldn't just go online. <laughs> yeah, you had to, like, go into the bank. <laughs> I would go to the bank and be so scared every time, because... My mom worked at a bank. I, like, was grew up in a bank hiding under the fucking counters while my mom did her job all day. Like, during ah, the summer. Okay. And she wore, like, padded shoulder... She wore shoulder pads and shit, and, uh... Her boss had a suit on all the fucking time, and they were all seemed so stuffy to me. They probably 
were forced to be stuffy because they were like, people are going to come in here. They want you to be serious. Only the stuffy survive at the bank is what I'm saying. Good point. Good point. Yeah. I just thought the bank paid like $40,000 a year. You know? Like, in that broke as fuck. Yeah, the stuffy attitude attitude always seemed also like that thing of like, shit, all bosses do this. I'm like, if the wrong person walks by at the wrong time, but they want to have the, the, the image, right? So it's like, that person was only in slacks and a polo, and our mega client came in, and he thinks we're slacking off now. Like, the same way it'd be like, hey, uh, the regional manager was in here, and he saw you, like, leaning and not cleaning. It's, it's just the same thing, but, it's, you know, bigger scale. God, you just sent me right down a path of anxiety of the, uh, our regional manager saw you. Hey, Brian, uh, the regional manager was here. Uh, Brian, Greg Piper walked by your truck in the parking lot and it was a mess. And then he checked and the doors were unlocked. Oh yeah. God, I got in trouble one. That was like a whole morning one time. I thought I was going to get fucking fired. Yeah, you nailed it. Also, it's like, yeah, the uh, every, men have to wear their jackets when they get up from their desk and nobody does it until like Lorraine Boffman comes for one month <laughs> and someone sees her. She sees them and then now your ass is getting roasted. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, and do you think a customer ever probably fucking came in and got mad because a motherfucker was like, his tie was tied Grandma's. Some of them grandmas get used to get mad about crazy shit. Grandmas do get mad. Oh, I was at, I told you I saw that lady at Max and Irma's that was complaining that her meal took 25 minutes. <laughs> Did I tell you that? No. Oh, I was waiting in line to get soup. And this woman, cause I'm, she goes, I've been waiting for my food for 25 minutes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> she was pissed 25 minutes i know and it's like you what are you gonna do you've been at your house all fucking day you came here during dinner time everybody's at dinner right now why why is this such a big deal that you're sitting at a table for 25 fucking minutes someone's making food for you make your own food do you, do you hate your company that much is your husband that awful yeah probably Pretty much. i mean they probably sit across from each other and don't talk dude right that yeah yeah they just stare just... and hum or twiddle thumbs or yeah. Bite their lips or just, yeah. They're stoic. Yeah. Stupid. Um, <laughs> but then as soon as she was up there complaining, the the woman came out and was like, with the food. Her server came out with the food. That's always like, I mean, because her server had to go in and yell at everybody in the uh, kitchen, too. You know, or the food no, was ready. It was ready. <laughs> she was just fucking around. She just casually walked out and was like, oh, that's my, oh. And she was like, ma'am, your food's ready. Like, she had no idea what was going on. 25 minutes. 25 minutes. You're in trouble. You're in big trouble with grandma. So I got to this place. I sat down for 25 minutes and I'm not eating already is such an unrealistic expectation to have that. Oh God. I would have went nuts on that grandma, Brett. I would have gone crazy on her. Yeah. Uh, I've been known to do it. So, you know, well, uh, Thanks for calling. Uh, it's good to hear from you. Peace. All right. Have a good evening. Have a good you show. too. Good show. You too. God damn, 25 minutes, dude. Yeah, it was uh, surprising. I was like watching and then because her face looked so nasty, like just like was so scrunched up and she was stewing. And I'm like, what's this lady saying? And then I could hear she was like, I've been waiting 25 minutes. 
And like my jaw dropped. I was like, 25 minutes? I mean, <laughs> I can't whip together a meal in 25 fucking minutes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. there, like I said, this is it was like 5:30. Okay. Yeah. It was a full restaurant. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you can't. And everything's understaffed now. I've waited 25 minutes at a drive-thru before. I know. Me too. Me too. 25 minutes is when you complain at a drive-thru. Go to fucking White Castle, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, go, go sit in a White Castle drive-thru sometime, man. It'll fucking, <laughs> it'll fucking teach you a whole new way, way of thinking about waiting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking longest time, man. That place. That is not fast food. Oh, I know. I, I think when I was leaving here, I drove to the one on Henderson... And the line was like into the fucking streets, out the road. People had hazards on, so no one would <laughs> slam into them. And I, I drove like twenty minutes in the opposite direction just to go to the to one on a one sixty one, and it was just as fucked up. And I'm like, nope, I'm not waiting at all. <laughs> no, you don't want to get involved in a White Castle line, yeah, because you're gonna get someone is gonna come up from another car. You're gonna there's gonna be yes, you will be talking to other people in the line, and and someone will throw up, somebody will honk somebody will come to your car and say can you believe this is taking so long it'll be like a whole bunch of different situations someone tries to bum a cigarette yep it's just too much too much in line at the uh uh, white castle you don't want to fuck around with that it's all it's like a it's like a heavy metal parking lot out there (laughs) they take so long i remember back in tailgating yeah well, I remember back in the day we used to go to this Dairy Queen in a neighborhood we grew up at. And one time we went there and, you know, we're waiting for fucking ever at this Dairy Queen, right? And they're like, God, you know, we're teenagers. And we're like, what's taking so long, you know? And they're like, um, actually, Dairy Queen is not fast food. It's brazier. <laughs> oh, really? And I said, okay. <laughs> I guess. Okay, brazier. You got me there. <laughs> It's a brazier restaurant. Oh, this isn't... No, this isn't your typical fast food. We're at a brazier. <laughs> yeah, don't expect it fast. This is a brazier. That's a really good response, though, because it just confuses the shit out of people. <laughs> Never. St- hey, look, this happened when I was, like, probably 15, and I still think about it. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Next call? Yeah, go for it. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Hi. Am I on? Yep, this is you. What's up? Who's this? Hey. Oh, this is Nathan. Uh, he, him, calling from Oregon. What is up, Nathan? How's it going tonight? Oh, going all right. Going all right. I was just uh, calling to uh, issue some thanks to Brett because... Uh, I separated from my wife a uh, year and a half ago and like I've been kind of moping around and then just uh, kind of hearing Brett get out there, uh, you know, inspired me to get out there myself. Awesome. Glad to hear it. You know, yeah, it's takes a yeah. while. Uh, it takes however long it takes, but you don't have to go back to it. You know, it's better on the other side now. That's what I've been. Yeah, man. Like I, I got super. I got Go super ahead. fortunate with July. Well, yeah. Just uh, I, you know, I'm sure we all experienced that brief, brief respite of uh, the low COVID numbers in July when people could actually get get out and do shit for the summer. So I was actually able to get out and date for a little bit then. Nice. That's awesome. How's it been so far? 
Uh, well, as, uh, <laughs> as good as that can go, but you know, be, being out there is better than moping. I agree. And it's always funny situations. <laughs> There's always, you realize how bizarre people yeah. can be. Um, also I think it's good practice for boundary yeah. set. It's good practice for boundary settings and stuff too, where like you can just say to somebody straight up, Hey, like, I think you're cool. And I, I'm, I, I'd love to still be a part of your life, but like, nev- not romantically, like there's nothing going on there in the future, you know? Uh, and it's good to, to kind of figure out what you like or how you want things to be. You got, I mean, you don't, the only way to go, the only way to get it done is just to do it. Ain't Dude, that's, oh man, I, I like, man, I got, uh, I got so totally like wrapped up in, uh, in this one Tinder date. Cause I like, uh, you know, did my social media research on them and found out that we were like on the same career path and all that shit. And then like, you know, went on a couple of dates with them, which is like, Oh, I want to make this work out of it being so fucking long since anything's happened, but this ain't fucking <laughs> happening. Like, yeah, you just gotta <laughs> get used to that. Yeah, it's great. But having crushes is like the best thing in the world. Like just fucking in my heart, like just like, rolling around on the bed, like kicking my heels, giddy, thinking that like I just met my soulmate. And then like you mm-hmm. wake up the next day and you're like, well, that was too crazy. <laughs> but it's still fun to have like the butterflies about somebody. <laughs> Even when they, even if they go away, Fuck I know it. Yeah, it's like been very rejuvenating, uh, and so I, I kind of wanted to like uh, on top of that uh, go a little further with because I like am super tight with my ex. We like co-parent super well. We're super tight, and I don't know how how you are with Erga and all of that, but like. I uh I I feel like I'm uh, getting a little it, it, it scares off uh potential oncomers that I that I'm that tight with my ex. I don't know. I I, I feel like I'm uh, I don't want to turn this in a love line, but uh oh, I I like it. It's uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if you if you deal with that or how you deal with that. Um I mean, I guess what is how tight? Like are y'all texting all day? I mean, we, uh, basically like our, our parenting time is all at her place just because of our, our like living situation. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And we are, uh, we're obviously texting all day cause we've got to do fucking extracurriculars and all that. Uh, what do you mean by the parenting? Yeah. And, well, and it doesn't help that are like, well, like we, uh, we live she she works at a farm and we like live on a, a she, uh, so the kids get this like awesome experience of like living on a farm being over there as opposed to like uh you know i don't i don't want the i don't want the kids at my uh, at my bachelor pad i mean granted they're they're welcome here but like you know i want them to experience their their living situation on the uh, uh where where they are at their at their mom's house is like so much uh richer uh and so i just basically do all my parenting time over there plus i get like the benefits of farm vegetables and all of that and that's like also my social social circle too um yeah i mean i would say that does sound like you are 
you are pretty interconnected. Um, me and Erica are separate, but like I have Charlotte for a week by myself and Erica has Charlotte for a week by herself. And uh, the house that we mm -hmm. bought was like fucking magical and is amazing and all that stuff. Um, but she's she's she'll be fine staying at my like stupid ass bachelor pad. It's really I don't it's it's you know, it's the amount of time and attention and alone time that I have with her um, that is like the the good part. It doesn't really matter if it's like a storybook. It doesn't like the surroundings. No, the surroundings or the environment you're in does not matter as much as like the time and attention from your parents. Like that's the number one things that that matters. Um, if that's all your social circle and stuff too, I mean, I don't know. It does sound like you're pretty entangled with each other. So if it's if it's a problem and you want to fix it, maybe if you can see if there's other ways to to, to create some more separation. Um, but I also tell mm -hmm. everybody what my situation is like me and Erica, we're going to do a Halloween party together. Um, and yeah, that's what, and, I mean, that's where we're at too, but it's just like, it's, it's not so much like it, it's not a, I guess the, it's not a problem for me. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a problem for people who are for p potential suitors who say you're, uh, uh, you're still in with your, you know what I mean? But uh, anyways, that's, uh, I don't know. I don't want to, don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. I, just, I mean, the, uh, the yeah. I would say the right person will yeah. understand. I just think the right no, person will understand. And like, if you're with somebody and they have a child and they want to make sure that there's a good relation, the parents of that child have a good relationship because I tell everybody I date, I'm like, I, I'm not looking for a stepmom. Like, I don't really want you to be, I don't really need someone to step in with your crazy right. ass ways of thinking about how to raise my kid. At no, that's, not, where, that's exactly where I'm at too. Yeah. Uh, so maybe in the future, maybe things change five years from now, but like, uh, yeah, for the most part, like I have, I do have like this family life that I spend half my time on is, it's still in a way connected with Erica and Charlotte, um, you know, as she's growing up. So other divorced people are usually more understanding, I've found, and they have way more crazier fucking circumstances. Like, they're like, oh, my ex tried to stab me with a knife. And I'm like, okay, well, we have a different scenario going on here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the other problem, too. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, my God. I, I just... Uh... Yeah, just uh, wanted to wanted to thank you, thank you, Brett, for getting me uh, getting me back out there and yeah. just uh, uh, yeah, re relay some of the like co, co parenting struggles that Street Fighters having out there. Good luck with it. Thanks for calling. Cheers, man. Peace. Yeah, that's the thing. I talk to a lot of people. Is there's a few people I know that are dragging their feet. Where like in June, I was like, you have to get out of the house and you have to have separate lives. Because this like one foot in, one foot out is miserable. There's no way to properly make everybody happy. This is a sad thing that happens. A part of your relationship has to die. You know, like parts, this something has to go away. You can't be up each other's asses and your kid needs to be alone with you, you know. For sure, yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's how I feel about it. Be a parent. You got to do the parenting. But at you the know? same time, Leah, I mean, like if somebody doesn't understand, like. Fuck them. Yeah. But, I mean, it's weird. 
It is weird to think that somebody would just be like, I don't, you spent time with this person, you have a kid with this person, all your friends are friends with this person. I don't want you to be around this person. Yeah. It's a very odd, like, thing to do. It's like, I'm not going to, like, remarry her. It's <laughs> not going to fucking happen. So, I mean, what's the big fucking problem? I know. It's like you're crossing the line of, like, am I supposed to say the worst things about my ex to this person? Yes. And complete bitch about them constantly and how much I hate them to prove that to you? Because that makes me feel like a huge jerk off. Yeah. It makes you look like a dick. I yeah. Mean, I, I think, like, it's, it's that thing about job interviews where you're not supposed to say bad shit about the uh, uh, company you left. Uh-huh. You know, you're you're not supposed to motherfuck your old boss or say that like they they fucked you over because like I don't know, I haven't dated in a very long time, but if I if I was dating somebody and they were like uh Mark's I would just think that if like I'm dating somebody and they talk about their ex that way, it wouldn't just necessarily to me mean that their ex was a pain in the ass. It would also maybe mean that they might also be a pain in the ass and might Say the same shit about me on down the road. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If you end up reacting the same way to their pain in the ass shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, even even then, too, it's like, everybody's a fucking pain in the ass. I mean, other humans are a pain in the ass oh. because they do things that you can't control. This, yeah, that's the <laughs> part about dating is, like, you're opening the door for, like, the raccoons and the the mice and shit to come inside to your <laughs> domesticated, like, little life, and they can run roughshod on everything. Yeah. They'll tear up the whole fucking house. Um, that's the other thing, too, about, like, the date apps and all of that is um, it's related to Gwen's thing about, oh, my gosh, Homecoming wasn't, like, amazing. Uh, there was a lot of people that still form most of their ideas of relationships on TVs yeah. or, or like dramatic, dramatic, dramatic shit that happened in their life that is then in TVs and movies. And like you see, you still see a lot of the soulmate stuff or like looking for my Mr. Right and all of that. And it's just like such a antiquated out concept, you know, it's just so outdated that that. You, you are just going to happen upon somebody Dude. like that. You're just going to swipe through. And then like the, the man of your dreams or the woman of your dreams or non-binary person of your dreams is just going to be there. Um, and then, and then you get into this things like, well, men and women can't be friends. And it's like, yes, they can. There's lots of women that I do not want to have anything romantic going on, but I like hanging out with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a uh, uh, it's definitely like a the the men and women can't be friends thing is crazy because it's, it's like, the, that's what it is too. Yeah, and you know you you really have to also think of it like you know people also get their ideas about foreign policy from TV. Yeah, and they get their ideas about like the government from TV. True, or, or about like how other people live from TV, like TV. There are a lot of people who think that what's happening inside that TV is ripped from the headlines. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's like you're watching like the Goldbergs or something. And you're like, that's what it's that's fucking what it was like when I was in a family when I was, you know, in the eighties. And it's like, no, it wasn't, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. It was ninety percent boring, and then somebody was yelling at you most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take another call. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah what's up? Can. Hello? What's up? Hey, hello. yeah. Hey, uh, 
What's up? What's Yeah, I, uh, it's funny. The was, was up thing. I just, uh, I just listened to that first episode of uh, Movie Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Uh, when you guys were talking about that, of course, well, and I was, like, that was that's something that funny. should come back. Yeah, yeah, that should come best. back. That's a great way to answer the phone. It's <laughs> number one, number one best. What's up? What's up? What's up? Those guys. Are uh, this is uh, this is Matt. What's up, this is Matt? Matt uh, from from South Bend. Uh, I just have a. I got. Well, I'll leave it up to you. When I called in, and I thought. Uh, try to make it topical so it could do either a, a tax scare that I just recently had a, um, I had an idea of asking uh, you all about your first car accident oh. and I can talk about mine real quick or, oh. um, maybe it was some like shithole bomb I'm- story. I don't remember the third one, but I'm leaning towards that accident one. Yeah, I'm afraid of taxes, so I would say the accident one. My first accident was I uh, thought, man, yeah. In a car with like seven people, maybe five. I don't know. There were way too many of us in the fucking car. And a guy rear ended us. And uh I fucking Were you went, driving? Nope. I was a passenger. Uh and I fucking went home and was like, you know, I was in a car accident, like telling my parents, like Oh, I've been through some shit. And then they were like, you know, we drove by a car accident and I had a feeling in my soul that somebody I knew was in that accident. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, it might not have even been that accident. <laughs> you got your ass. I already knew that. <laughs> yeah, but I did. I bragged about being in a car accident because I had never been in one. I couldn't believe that I was in one. There, uh, Yeah, people... People do say shit like that, right? Like right after, like you know, like they, oh yeah, I knew that, I, I felt that, I felt that. Yeah. So like, you know what, Mercury is in retrograde, like shit like that. Like uh, I knew something weird was gonna happen. I felt it in my soul that you were gonna get in a you car accident like, with somebody you shouldn't have been in a car with, uh, who was, you know, you were smoking weed with. <laughs> like it was a, it was a mess. Oh well, what yeah. happened? I've been in a few. A I've been in a Except few pretty car. wild ones. Yeah. I mean, a few pretty wild ones. So, yeah. Yeah, you end up being like somebody's third. Oh, that was the third thing. That was the, the bad things come in threes, and that's that's the third thing. So, you know. <laughs> Have you been in? What um, was your first accident, Brett? <laughs> you hit anything? Uh, uh, oh yeah, that, yeah. That I was driving. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the first car I hit was. The first accident I remember was I was driving to work at the toy store. Yeah, I was like 16. I had the Camaro and I used to go behind Meyer and I decided to gun it and spin my tires out and I went flying like spinning and I slammed into a stop sign <laughs> and my car, the rear end of my car was oh, laying shit. on the stop sign. Like it like, and you couldn't drive Off away. The, yeah, I, I, I got out. I looked at it, and then I just kept, I kept giving it gas, and then yeah. it got squirrely, and then it, it just slammed all the way to the ground, and I drove to work, and it was fine. There was a huge fucking dent on the side of my car, though. Yeah, the first one I was driving in was uh, the when I was working for Insight, 
Uh, I was in my work van. No shit. And I was backing out of a spot, and uh, the car like stopped and it wouldn't fucking go. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" So I like slammed, I gunned it because I was in reverse. And when I got out, <laughs> my car was basically on top of like a classic Corvette Stingray. <laughs> And the guy that owned oh, it. Oh, shit. You monster trucked it. Yeah, yeah. And the guy that owned it came outside. Two guys. You know, he's drinking a fucking Budweiser. There, there's these two guys that have probably been sitting in the house drinking all fucking day. And the guy's like, that's all original parts on that thing. Oh. And, you know, another guy's like standing next to him like, I'd fucking kick his ass if I was you. So I just get in my van and lock all the doors and call my supervisor so he can come and take care of it. And, uh, woo. That one was bad. That actually happened on 9-11-2002. Remember the day. So, yeah, he had a new 9-11. So you, weren't, so you weren't older. So you, were, you didn't get in an accident in a car that you were driving in until you were, how, like, how long were you driving before that happened? Uh, 2002, I would have been like uh, 23 or something. I didn't get my license until I was like 22. So I didn't, I didn't really oh, drive until okay. I was that like 22. Sense. I was like, how did, how'd you get to seven... Seven or eight years of, man. I'm, I, I no also, accidents. That would be impressive. And mine, I ripped the muffler off, too. That's what I remember is that when I drove away, the car was super fucking loud because <laughs> it had no more muffler on it anymore. Oh, I hate it when something <laughs> happens in your car and then people... the next thing you know, it's loud. <laughs> it's bad just loud. Feeling. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's, bad nothing, feeling. there's nothing like a, the sound of hitting something inside of the, the sound that, it, that your car makes when you hit something when you're on the inside of it. There's no other, like, you feel the vibrations coming through the chassis. You feel, like, you yeah. feel everything at once. It's so, it's just like the, your world drops beneath you. Yeah, and your then, body yeah, knows. The, the loud. Now, it wasn't loud, but now it's loud. There's a rattle now. Now there's a weird rattle, and it, and it shimmies a bit or something. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting that both of you gunned it. <laughs> like, why is our first response to, like, button mash our way out of a problem like that? I don't get it. <laughs> But it's so true. Yeah, that's all you can do is like get away. It, I mean, it, I think it's just like end it. For me, it's just yeah, like, I get away. Do yeah, got to get away. Got to get away. This, if it blows up, either it blows up or I get away. I'm not going to sit here and try to do some mathematics to get out of this or try to think my way through it. Like I'm just going to right. I'm just going to stab like off. you're. Yeah, you're Indiana Jones. You're Indiana Jones halfway through the bridge and it breaks down and now it's it's just full speed. That now it's just going to be full speed. You got to get make got to make it to the other side. I just thought like something happened so where my, like, I had my, the emergency brake on or something like that, but instead I was crunching a car. Oh my god. I put a car in reverse at thirty. Yeah. <laughs> made that yeah. made a wild sound. Yeah, that's that's was a common uh, and then yeah, and then, then, then yeah, drivers. then it became then it was like leaking transmission oil and it was black. That killed that car. Yeah. Uh my my first accident was a lot Actually, a lot like Brian's when he was in the car and I was driving and I had my license for all of 30 days and I was driving with all of my friends, of course, when it was definitely illegal to do it. And then uh, I pulled out in front of a, uh, I had a stop sign and I pulled out and it was a, uh, you know, just a two way stop. So the other car uh luckily just hit the front you know front quarter where my wheel is and i spun off to the side and uh fucked my shit up and it ended up being an off-duty cop oh shit 
What did he yeah. do? Yeah. Did he, did he act yeah. like a yeah. fucking like asshole about it? You know, I was like, I, I, my full body response was just to immediately like flop sweat and start shaking violently because <laughs> I was so petrified because I knew I was pretty much fucked. Um, so it's hard to remember. I mean, it was pretty much just like, Oh, you know, um, I, I just turned into like, my go-to is like, uh, admit, admit that I'm in wrong admit that I'm wrong. I fucked up. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be driving like this. I'm a piece of shit. It was just like all of these things all at once. And that's so I don't really remember what his reaction was uh, to me. He was just like, I, he was, I don't remember being a dick or anything. I mean, he was just like, it seems like he was coming home off of work or something because he was in his uniform. I remember that. Oof. And, but he was driving like a minivan and, uh, yeah. Then my friends were a car behind me. They went through the intersection, uh, came back and picked up the friends that were my car. I drove home, uh, really shittily. Like it could barely drive. And then I was like, no, guys, you go have fun without me because I've now i been in a car accident. It's, I have to go home now. I can't do anything else for the rest of the night. My you night know, is Even ruined. though I 100% probably could have. Yeah, no. People think you have to end it. the I can't, day. I'm done. I got to go home. People think you have yeah. to end the yeah. day when something bad happens. You don't. Like, Bounce actually, back. yeah, you don't have to end the day. The day could go on. You could go to the movies yeah, if no. you want to after something bad <laughs> happens. that car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was like eleven, yeah. It was like eleven thirty at night or something. Like I can't remember. Uh, it was it was fairly late, but yeah, it was like I remember another fr- another time. Like my my dad caught me and my friend smoking weed, and he was just like my friend was like so mad. We should probably just go now. Like we should probably just leave where we're at. You know, get in like a car and just leave instead of not and I, the same thing. I was like, no, you go. I, I'm gonna be here and and have my dad be mad at me. <laughs> I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna go away. I'm just gonna take this punishment and sit here and be high and lay in my bed and just think about what I've done. <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I I love that. I I, I love that. It, it is funny to think about. Like you get into a car accident, nobody's hurt, but you're like, I gotta go home and sulk for the rest of the night instead of just being like, fuck it, let's go out, let's get fucking crazy. It's like when we were kids. Right. When I was a teenager, me and my buddies would, you know, like we would drive around and just smoke weed. Like every Friday night, we would just go out. We would drive around and smoke weed, which means that sometimes you're going to get pulled over and the cops are going to bust you. And and maybe they're going to catch you with weed. Maybe they won't find the weed. You you never know what's going to happen. But every fucking time we got busted. Every time, as soon as we pulled away from the cop, we were like, fuck, let's smoke some fucking weed. (laughs) (laughs) We got to smoke some weed. We got to get some more weed. I'm stressed. (laughs) That's how it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you make it through, if you make it through that moment on the other side, yeah, then it's like you feel like you just like skirted you know, you, you just made it past, you know, the, uh, I don't know, maybe the railroad tracks cut, like coming down and you just get through and you, the other suckers have to wait behind. You just, you feel great. Hiding. I mean, also like though, that. when it's a bunch of people, or- when it's a bunch of people, it's also like maybe one person has an eighth, one person has maybe a joint on them. One person has like, everybody has like just a little bit on them. And if one person gets caught, I mean, if you're a teenager and you get caught, they, at least back when I was a kid, they dumped it out on the ground and just, you know, told you to go fuck off, go home. But like, uh, yeah, yeah, man, 
Uh, I one time we were standing in in this park we used to go to to get high uh, that was like kind of really hidden off the road. There was there was almost no possible way a cop would ever come there. And we bought a quarter ounce of weed and we went to the park and uh, I had teen court at six o'clock. I had to be at teen court, which was where uh, I had gotten in trouble. I had to go to court where I would have to act out a role as part of teen court for five weeks after. So I'd be a lawyer one week. I'd be a bailiff one week. And I, that was like a teen court was just a thing I had to do. Um, I, uh, uh, I'm hanging out with my friends at this park and we're smoking weed and we're just like, we, I think we bought a quarter and we were like, let's smoke this whole fucking thing. Let's roll up multiple joints. And there was like five or six of us and we passed them at the same time. So these joints are just going around in circles. Right. And I'm fucking high as shit. Uh I'm so fucking high. And I'm like, make sure you get me home by five o'clock because I have to be at teen court at Got six o'clock. Court. Right. And we're there. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. And my friend is like, all my friends decided to tell me it was four forty-five, And, uh, I fucking spiraled so bad. And they were like, dude, we're not going to be able to get you home. We're not going to be able to get you home in time to go to teen court. I know it's fucked up. And I'm fucking almost like crying. Cause I'm like, Oh my fucking God, you know, cause my dad can't get a hold of me. My parents have to take me to it. And I'm fucking like, I don't know what to fucking do. And then fucking after about 15 minutes of me just totally losing my shit, they were like, nah, dude, it's like, <laughs> you still got two hours. <laughs> well, oh, wow. But the cops had come while we were there and they dumped out all of our weed and caught us piss ants and sent us home. So. That kind of sucked, but what are you gonna do? Piss ant. Damn. Yeah, well, they deserved it, man. I mean, I don't... we get called piss. I got called a piss ant like a hundred times. Like I remember one time I was smoking a cigarette piss in the ant. locker room that the football players used at uh, school, and the gym teacher came in and said, "Don't fucking smoke in here, you little piss ant," and kicked me out. Little <laughs> like, piss ant. Yeah, I was, a, I was a piss ant. What do you want me to do? <laughs> well, uh, man. yeah, man. Yeah, well, I'm gonna get I gotta get going. So next time something bad happens, Good, I'm glad. just fucking I'm glad. rally. I, 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 that was interesting. Yeah. Next time wow. something bad happens, rally yeah. for the rest of the night. That's what you gotta do, baby. Have a good night. Yeah, yeah. Well, as long as we gotta keep spreading the good messages to all the youths. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. Later, guys. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh uh. God, that day, man. That might have been the genesis of my anxiety. I'm going to say that that day was the day my anxiety actually began. Uh, which isn't true because I was afraid we were going to get killed in nuclear war when I was like seven. For like the whole part of my life. But like, yeah. Uh, I have never felt the anxiety I felt in that moment. Because I was so high off of fucking dirt weed. That I think there were six of us in six joints. I don't even know why we fucking passed them. But we were just passing them in a circle. Uh, I don't know why. I also, I do have to say this. Why was I smoking weed before I had to go to court? <laughs> why, 
<laughs> what a fucking stupid thing that I was doing. You're a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got to be at court in two hours. Well, I'll just smoke a little weed. I'm be fine in two hours. Oh, okay. We can take the next call. Yeah, we got a lot of calls left. Oh, we got a lot? Yeah. Look at us go. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Lucas in Connecticut. How are you guys tonight? What's up, Lucas? How's it going tonight? Uh, doing all right. Um, I was playing this. Uh, it's it's a game like uh, Overcooked. It's a fast food game, but instead oh. of fast food, it's moving. The moving furniture and shit. Oh, Brett turned me on to Overcooked, but it's a moving game. Jason, did you know there's a moving video game? <laughs> Brett, check your Twitter DMs real quick. I, I sent you something. I okay. want you to see it. Uh, uh, what, what's up, Lucas? What's going on tonight? Um, not a lot. So I was just playing that game while I was uh, waiting to chat. And before that, I was actually playing with uh, Lonnie's dusty-ass Sega Saturn. We played some Jackbox, and they were playing Among Us uh, before that. So hung out with some <sighs> Street Fighters via Discord tonight. I love Jack Off. Or Jackbox. <laughs> 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 I mean, I do love to jack off too. I'm not gonna lie and say I don't love that too. But Jackbox, I'm a big Jackbox guy. Yeah, there are uh, there's some fun games. Um, it's so, you know yeah, what the problem with Jackbox? Evening, but I called in. Can I tell you what the problem with Jackbox is? What's up? What's the problem with Jackbox? The the problem is that like when you play with people that aren't like maybe clued into like kind of comedy or, or like what's going on. The one that always wins is like fart, poop, piss, or shit. That's like that's like. how you win. You just type in like, Oh, fart. And then everybody's like, ah, fart. You know, I try to, I try to like do like greasy titties or, or something funny like that. Like something bigger than fart, but yeah. All right. What, what's up? <laughs> Everybody's making so fun the, of me in a chat because I said jack <laughs> I mean, you kind of you kind of walked into that one. <laughs> I I agree. All right, what's but, up? Uh, on Wednesday's show, you guys were talking about um, the flag burning ceremonies and stuff, and and burning flags. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a flag burning story. Tight, awesome. So, we love those. Uh, prior to the pandemic. So there's only like three organizations that are like officially or whatever supposed to uh, um, retire flags, and it's uh, active duty military, VFWs, and the Boy Scouts of America. And oh. I was a scout leader pre-pandemic, and uh, during one of our uh, campaigns. Can I ask you? So can P so so basically, can veterans do it that aren't in the VFW? Like if you're somebody that was in. If you're somebody that was in the military but is no longer in the military but is also not part of a VFW, can you do it? Technically, I don't think you're supposed to. It might be active or retired oh. military, but I'm pretty sure it's just active VFW and Boy Scouts. Oh, and I'm excited. Oh, not, like, no one's I'm, going to jail for burning a flag if they're not. I mean, you could definitely call people out on it. I don't think my father-in-law's in a VFW. He is a veteran. But I don't think he's in a VFW. Uh, and he didn't go to a foreign war or anything. He's a fireman on a base. But yeah. he does dispose of flags. 
He's doing. He's breaking the law. Now I that you say he, he it wasn't, uh, it might be American Legion instead of VFW. Is he part of a legion? I don't think so. He doesn't ever talk to other humans ever. Well, then he's not a patriot. That's interesting. Now I'm gonna fucking. I'm my my family's going over to their house like next weekend or the week after that. Maybe I'll go now and just be like, I heard you've been, you know, disposing of flags. You're not supposed to. <laughs> desecrating. Yeah. Desecrating that that grand old flag. Um, yes. Well, so we had when when a Boy Scout troop exists, uh, people know that they take flags, so they get like just random ratty old flags get dropped off, but they're all made out of plastic, and uh, you're supposed to like cut out the blue field and then cut the strips into pieces and like ceremoniously and respectfully burn it. Uh, but when you have a bunch of kids that are like being told that they're allowed to burn this stuff, they like it just quickly becomes like a polyester uh, like melting molten pile and for like half a second as these kids were all like excitedly the kids were all like throwing shit on super excited and like really into it and for a second i was like hey um yeah keep going you're good (laughs) like for half a second i thought about correcting and like letting them know they're doing it wrong but i was like nah fuck it have fun go for it i mean nobody does it you know what i mean like that's here's what i'm gonna say nobody disposes of it right except for like this there's like a one percent of the one percent of people that have a flag everybody else fucking throws it in the trash and i mean the thing with the thing wasn't created ceremoniously too like that's a good that's a big point too is that this is not really a sacred like religious item it's a mass-produced piece (laughs) of shit plastic (laughs) it is funny that it's polyester yeah Yeah, um, there's some older flags that are like to a cloth, but since like the mid '90s, they're just all plastic. And uh, yeah, I, I, for half a second, I was like, "Hey, you're, you're doing it wrong," but then I was like, "Nah, let them have fun." Um, oh. But yeah, the the flag and like America's fetishization of the flag is so fucking weird. What if I ask? Can I ask this question? Is Flag Day meant for you to get rid of your flags? Or is that a day to get a new flag? Because now I'm reading the city of Columbus's flag disposal page. And they said, like, uh, uh, so there we have there's a flag disposal page on our city website. Uh, Every day it is important to respect our great nation's flag. During Flag Day, it is important to remember to properly and respectfully dispose of a flag that becomes faded, torn or weather beat. So you just check on your flags. You just check in on them. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, you gotta, you're frayed and tattered. Yeah. You gotta go burned up. And it's funny, too, when you think about it, dude, because they're talking about, like, you need to dispose of it if it's frayed or tattered. And I swear to you on my life, I get... And, and you know what? Even in that video that we played from Prager U Kids on the Basement Show this week... I get like ads almost every day when I'm reading news articles and shit on the internet for these like dirty looking shirts that have American flags all over them. I I can't remember what the name of the brand is, but I see them all the fucking time. And then I Googled it one time and I heard that they're like real shitty stuff, but they look like dirty tattered flags. I thought, here's my thing. If I was a flag guy into the American flag, I would prefer a tattered one. Really? It's like a better look than the Distressed? regular flag. Yes. 
I think it is. I think it's a better look than the the old boring. It's all put together flag. You know, uh, that's just me. I like distressed stuff though. Uh, oh yeah, Article Two of the Flag Code or whatever says you can't wear flags, but the chuds and libs put it on everything. Uh, My uh, super Republican ass uncle, who's like eighty one, he was like, you know, one problem with the the modern Republican party is when I was a kid, you would never, ever wear a flag. You would never. That was unspeakable. That was for rebels and renegades and hippies and bikers. We would never, ever do anything but fly the flag. He was like so dead serious about how disgusted he was with American flag socks. Because he was like, I've seen American flag socks with sandals. People walk around like it's not a problem. Just walking all over the flag. <laughs> Bo Problemo in they the chat said. They make American flag napkins. They do. They actually do. <laughs> Bo Problemo in the chat said, Brian buying an American flag at the buckle. <laughs> That's where I get my American flags. <laughs> it's a fucking good one. <laughs> it, uh, Psychic Gasoline says it's disrespectful to J.O. on an American flag. Uh, I don't know. That, there's nothing really in the flag code about that. It's a tribute to our nation's yeah. honor. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, like, there's nothing in a flag code about wiping your ass with it or jacking off into it, so... Just wearing it. Yeah. Uh, but if you're a Boy Scout, you can burn it. Um, I can't wait to find out if my father... Oh, you can all burn them. You can burn all of them. As, That's true. I can't wait to find out if my father... I'm going to say you can all burn them. If my father-in-law is burning flags illegally, I'm, I'll be so happy. I'll be really mean to him about it. Um... But uh, thanks for thank you for calling. Uh, that is, uh, I like that. I like the Boy Scouts are burning flags out there. This is neat. Making big balls of plastic. Yeah, doing what they got to do. Yeah. All right, you guys have a good night. Do the call. Peace. Have Peace. Yeah, I'm watching. Like they do a whole thing, Brett. How to properly dispose? This is a website for the Defense Department. And there's a picture, and they have, like, the flags folded in that way that it says in the video. Football? Yeah, paper, like paper, paper football. football. And they're, they're, like, with no red showing. Right. And they're dropping it into what looks like a crummy fire pit. And they're, like, lined up in a line. So each person has a flag. They walk up, drop it in the fire pit, move back on and get in line while other guys stand and salute the fire pit. It's ridiculous looking. <laughs> um, what does this accomplish? I mean, you just Brent, you, you can't throw it in the trash. Can't throw it in the trash. I, trash touches the ground. Yeah, I mean, just like an American flag in a landfill doesn't seem like that disrespectful to me. I think it seems fine. I get. I think burning it's more environmentally good. Let's just go with that. Mm. Like for the environment, burning it is better than throwing it in a landfill. Although it probably biodegrades fast. I don't know. Um, let's get another call in here. It's polyester. It does not. It takes forever. Uh, let's see. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Bear. What's up, Bear? How's it going tonight? Uh man, it's going pretty well. I can't complain. It's been uh, going pretty well for me recently at Chili's and 
everything else has been fine, like socially wise. So, I mean, it's been pretty great. Yeah. Well, love to hear it. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, what's up this week, bear? How's it going? Or I know how it's going. What's up? All right. Um, so I was going to talk about my experience working at a stars and strikes. What stars and strikes? Do you guys have those in Ohio? No. Nope. I guess not. Okay. So it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a bowling alley corporation. Like it's a chain for bowling alleys and arcades. Bear, I got to tell you something before, before we move on here. You have had some of the worst jobs of any cop. I mean, like, I really respect what you've been through. <laughs> I don't know if that means that you so, just, like, burn through jobs or if that means that you're just like, I want to work at every shitty place in the whole world. Well, what it means is what keeps happening is... um. I've had parents that just really wanted me to get a job as soon as I could. So like right when I was 16, I started working mm-hmm. and I'll keep a job for about six months and then I'll get mad and I'll be like, oh, I'm tired of this. F all y'all. And I'll, I'll leave. And then the only place that'll hire me is another really bad job. That's a good, I mean, Hey, you know, though, if, if you understand like what's, what's going on, I think that's perfectly fine. Like it seems like, you know, you know, it's like, I'm not going to fucking put up with this shit. I, I think like for me, it's even like, I don't ever want to get in that situation where I have a job where I feel like I can't get the fuck out of it. So I'm, I'm with you. They got yeah. augmented reality. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> oh mean? my God, we never had that. Oh, wait, people. Wait. Okay. So what it is, is good. We uh we put these projectors up like above the lanes and it goes down on the lanes and you can play like different games yeah. with the and the like projector on the lane and like scans for the ball and stuff. Yeah. But we never had it at our location and people would get so mad about it. They'd come in and ask for it. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have that. And they just like start yelling at me like, well, why don't you? Like, I don't know, man. Our it's managers kind of, won't order it, I guess. They only have it at one of them. Because I'm, I'm looking at the page for Augmented Reality Bowling. It says available at, and it just says Concord, North Carolina. There's a lot more places, but they're advertising it on their site. It's like, well, I guess if you're in Concord, North Carolina, this is great. But if you're somewhere else, it's, you know, not going right. to happen. <laughs> Stars and Strikes. This I didn't like even know we had mountain. a location in North Carolina anymore. Yeah, this is a this looks like Magic Mountain to me, but with bowling. I love bowling. Not the California amusement park, though, right? No, Magic Mountain, in like Ohio, the place in, in Ohio. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's Magic Mountains everywhere, though. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. If you're in a chat, you know what Magic Mountain is. Just let us know. I think there are. Um, yeah, yeah. How how was Stars and Strikes? Oh. It's the worst job I've had by far. Whoa. Okay. Hard to believe. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So here's, here's what I was doing, right? At the time, I was a counter attendant. So all I had to do was watch the counter. And I made eight fifty an hour, which sounds easy enough and sounds like, you know, 16-year-old kid probably pays enough. 
but it was awful. It was the worst job I've ever had. And the first reason is because I had to drive an hour out to get there every day. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that is crummy. Yeah, I was in like dire need of a job and the first people to take my application and like I realized they were an hour out and I it was just too late, you know. I figured like, well, it'll cover it. I'll make it work. I don't um, think it so works I drive an though, hour Bear. Out every I... day just to get there. Yeah, I got to tell you. I don't think it actually worked. I'm doing the math in my head, but listen, I'm not making fun because I'm going to tell you I did this plenty of times where it was like where it was like I think I'm going to get a job uh, at this place, but like it didn't cover like the gas or the time that I was doing it. So, uh, I mean, I drove for Lyft for like almost a year and I don't even think I broke even. And honestly, I think that's why the Kia Soul died early. So I'm with you on that. But an hour for 850, an hour, a one, a two hours in a car for 850 an hour, I don't think that works. <laughs> So here's how I made it work, right? There was a ton of shifts where I would work 12 hours. I'd get there, at, I'd have to get there early, I'd work a double, I'd get there right when we opened, at like, I'd get there right at 11, sometimes a little bit earlier because I had to help open up. And then I would work through straight until I absolutely had to leave for my state's legal curfew on my license at 11 p.m. And I would work for 12 hours straight, no break. Bear. You are the hardest worker, I think, that calls this show. A 12-hour day, I worked, I would do eights at Chuck E. Cheese and want to fucking die when it was time to leave. Like, and a bowling, the reason I bring that up is because a bowling alley is essentially Chuck E. Cheese. Uh yeah. What this place looks like essentially like Chuck E. Cheese, or or was there league nights where it was a bunch of bowler people? Oh God, we had league nights too, and the league nights were awful because we'd shut off all the lanes except for like two on the end and the VIP lanes. And these families would just come in, they'd be like, "We want to bowl," and I'd be like, "Well, we can't. We have league nights, and everyone else is taken up, so we'll have a wait. Oh, uh, we'll have a wait for you." And they'd always just start yelling at me. These dads would get so like pissed off because they couldn't let their kids bowl. It would be ridiculous. I get mad about that though too, Bear. It ruined a lie. Bo- it ruined bowling alleys. Yeah, you could never fucking go whenever you wanted. There was yeah. always some horse shit going on that you had to either get irate or just go home. Yeah. Can I say this? Listen to listen to. I I want to I want for the people that don't know stars and strikes, and especially for Brett, who's going to get insanely jealous. That we don't have a stars and strikes here. Listen to what they have, dude. They got an arcade. Cool. Laser tag. Great. Escapology, which is escape rooms. <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> Bumper cars. Wow. Virtual reality. Jeez. Axe throwing. Wow. And bowling. <laughs> Everything in one. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <Yeah. laughs> what location has axe throwing? When did we get that? They got it all, baby. I mean, that is a hell of a fucking lineup for a place. It's an incredible universe. I want to go there. Yeah, I'm into it too. The thing about incredible I'm universe, gonna be honest. Brett was that it was an electronic store. Sorry, wrong one. What was the one called? Amazing places. Amazing places. Yeah, we used to love that place. There was a big center here that had the fly wall. 
Um, they also had the BB guns where you could shoot like the stars out. They had beach volleyball and they also had RC cars that you could drive around. They did, but it was all like super like chintzy. It, yeah. was, it was all kind of cruddy. And, and I mean, when you got bowling at a place, that's tight. Like bowling being the base level of fun. Yes. At Stars and Strikes. And then like if you get bored with bowling... You can do one of these other activities. Add-ons. Plus augmented reality bowling. Plus. What does that mean? You just see other you see like, like Angry Birds. Trippy shit. Well, the Angry Birds are like on the lane. And like you roll the ball and it You knock the pigs? I guess something with the, the Angry pins Birds. Or pigs? They call it it says Angry Birds. It doesn't show you exactly what it is, but Bo Poblemo says it's all near military bases. Stars and Strikes, that makes sense, too. I, I mean, look, you know, I'm not a patriotic guy, okay? I'm going to say that. We get that. But if I lived near a, a military base, I would name my business something that had to do with patriotism. That's just, I mean, that's get, just smart business. Get money. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you did 12-hour days at this place. Axe throw. I'd work three 12-hour days a week and then two five-hour days a week. They'd give me two five-hour days, and they'd be like, well, that's why we're able to do the 12-hour days. And you're a teenager? <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was 16 at the time. And the five-hour days, they'd try to like, kick me out the a little bit early because they'd be like, oh, you can't head overtime, so get out of here. That is wild. I can't believe you're allowed to work 12s when you're a teenager. And, like... Three twelves and two fives is forty six hours. Bear, it's too much. You're you're working yourself to the bone. Well, in in Georgia, there's no actual laws on. There's not really any laws on what you can and can't make people who are sixteen do compared to like what you can make a full grown adult do. They could kind of just make me do whatever they want. Oh, because in Ohio. the, the laws are crazy for like 14 and 15 year olds. And in 16, they, they get a little more normal, but they're still even like, you know, if you're going to work eight hours, you got to have two breaks and a lunch and, and like all of that stuff. And they have to pay you for the breaks, which is kind of nice. So no, see, see here. It's like, if you're under 18, you can't serve alcohol and you can't work at like a mill. But other than that, it's whatever full, Hands off, you you know, work all kinds of jobs. I was working in kitchens, like full equipment, playing twelve hour days, um, at, at like seventeen. So that's and you uh, can't serve booze. Yeah, we have none of those laws. So you're not allowed to serve booze when yeah, you're no, a kid you can't still? serve liquor until you're eighteen. Or are you allowed to sell it at yeah, the grocery store? Yeah, no, you gotta store? be eighteen for that. Are you allowed to sell it at the grocery store? Um, I I don't actually know. I've never grocery stores are the only thing I've never worked because my dad did that. So I'm like, well, I'm, I'm never gonna do that. <laughs> so I don't my actually dad's know. footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at one. It's 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 you know what's good about working at a grocery store? You can hide. It's a good hiding job. This is a big place. Uh so I mean, unless you're a cashier, then you can't hide. So Maybe I, I'm I'm full of shit, but I, I was able to hide, which was good. They'd be like, hey, Brian, go sweep the whole store. And I'd be like, all right, well, I'll see you in four hours. <laughs> They'd go wander around and talk to people. <laughs> well, Bear, thanks for calling. We got a... So, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to state, like, 
the major cons of this job, like real fast, like the worst stuff that happened, just list them all out. Okay, let's hear it. You okay? You are never allowed to sit down or lean against the counters. If a manager sees you, they, you will get yelled at, and a couple people got written up. I never got written up, but a couple people have. I hate that rule that no sitting and then also no leaning. That's Bucky's does that. Not even during break at Bucky's. Yeah. They work your ass. Okay. Oh my god. I I love Bucky's, but I hate how they treat their employees. So it's like I go there once every few months and I complain about it the whole time and I like sympathize with the employees and then I buy like a hoodie and leave. Yeah, they make good money, but it doesn't seem like a fun place to be. Nah, it's awful. But so no, no leaning, no sitting. Um, you weren't allowed to leave from behind the counter unless you're like following a customer. So like, I just had to stand in that one spot for twelve hours a day. Oh, okay. That sounds great. Um, they regularly just stole like the actual wages from bartenders all the time. And one of the bartenders called them out for it and said that he was going to report them to like the labor department if they didn't pay him. Um, and they, the response was, okay. And then they gave him a write-up for like insubordinates or something. Yeah, that's a good move. You can tell somebody they did insubordination and it'll scare them away from, from saying anything ever. Um, I got a write-up one time for giving, you got free bowling if you work there, but rather than giving one of our employees like three free games of bowling, I gave them one hour and I got a write up for that. Is that, what, what's, so they're not allowed to, that doesn't make sense. It takes How an many hour games? to do three games. Instead of three free games, they gave them an hour. Seems like the same thing. If you're so Which low, is about though. the same amount. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Solo and Frisbee golf is fast. Sure. Um, they, they also, I had, had to uh, do a quarantine. This was like right at the beginning of the pandemic. So I had to quarantine because my family had caught COVID. And then they were supposed to give me sick pay for it. But when I requested it, they were like, no, you don't qualify. And I was like, but I, you have a pamphlet up in the back stating that I do. And they're like, we don't have that many employees. You don't qualify. We're not giving it to you. <laughs> And I just never saw the money. Damn. Yeah, they get away with a lot of that. Stars and strikes. You got a great business there, but you treat um, the employees like shit arena. And we had one employee who got fired for stalking a 16-year-old that worked in the arcade when he was mm. 30. He oh, fired no. for that. Well, at least and he got they fired. brought him back. Oh. oh they brought no. him back afterwards. And, to to put the head of his penis then, in a cigar. No, cutter? he's still. No, they just let him walk around. He wasn't even banned from the arcade. And then he started harassing me. And when I reported him, they gave him like a warning write up. And then when I uh, complained to Human Resources, I actually got a write up for uh, wasting company time or something. What? He seems like he must be like the hardest working <laughs> dude in the world. You know, where they're just like, you can't live without this guy. Oh, that's awful. Stars and stripes. I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but that guy just sucks. He was the worst, scummiest guy. 
Um, and I hated him. And then the walking out story on that one was really funny because I was complaining to my manager about the fact that that guy was still working there. And he said, well, I mean, obviously you don't have that much conviction over it. You're still working here. I mean, if you really care that much, get up and do something about it. And so my response to that was to just take my uniform, my like uniform shirt off. I was wearing a shirt under him and I just threw it at him. And I was like, it's not worth it, Darren. And I walked out. Yay! <laughs> Never spoke to any of them again. Hell yeah. And then I had hats. I had to stop back in there like a few months later because I was getting like, I just needed some water and my car was breaking down. So I just walked back in and figured I'd say hey to the, whoever was still working there. And they actually handed me like a letter stating that I was formally banned from all stars and strikes locations. <laughs> Fuck yeah, even better. <laughs> nice. Nice. Did you frame uh, it? Did you frame that? I, I actually kind of feel bad for you because I don't of all have of it framed, but I should. You should. You should. That's I mean, yeah, they, now they have axe throwing. I gotta, like, throw axes. They have escapology there that you can do. I don't know if that's <laughs> how... I, they might say escapology. Yeah, you got es- Escapology? Yeah. It's spelled escapology, though, so... No, it's escapology. Yeah. The study it's gotta es- be escapology. That's what I'm calling it. The study of escaping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling, Bear. It's good to hear from you. All right, you guys have a good night. Yeah, have a good night. Uh, we are going to go on break. If you're in the queue, we will get to you. Looks like we're doing the whole damn thing this week. Uh, we've got music from Depremere, D-E-P-R-I-M-E-R-E. Uh, this came from Struggling Uncle. They said, shameless plug, but my friend put out a record on an explicitly anti-fascist black metal label, and I think Brett would fuck with this. So this is uh, from the album In Search of the Grave Warden's Tome by Deborah Mayer. Uh We are Street Fight, and we'll be back to take your calls after this break. Peace.
Hello there, and welcome back to Street Fight Call-In Show. We're two-thirds of the way done here. We are going to get to all your calls if you're in the queue. Stay on the line. And if you want to talk to us next week, uh, Brian is taking the, the <clears throat> night off. So I will be hosting the show with uh, Kasai Richardson. You might know him from Twitter or Instagram as Thick T-H-I-C-C underscore puppy, P-U-P-P-I-E. Uh, he's a good buddy of mine and will offer a lot of good insight into the calls. So we will be doing that next Sunday, October 10th. My daughter requested that I take the night off for her birthday. So I'm doing it. That's all you get, kid. <laughs> oh, fuck, I wish. I fucking wish. Who knows what she's getting. We'll find out. She hasn't asked for nothing yet, but it's going to be expensive, whatever it is. It's also my mom's birthday coming up, and she likes to ask for stuff like an iPad. Oof. I mean, she doesn't get them. She just asks for them because she's my mom and doesn't have that thing in her brain that tells her that what she's saying is crazy. Uh-huh. You know? So, I mean, that's arguably I have that, too, and that's led me to success in my life. You just so. have to know when to say the stuff out loud at the right time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You like the music that was Deprimere, D-E-P-R-I-M-E-R-E, Deprimere.bandcamp.com. Bing, pow, boom, let's get some calls. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Hello. Hello, yeah, it's you. Who's this? y'all this is marla from dallas how are y'all good how are you marla hey glad to hear from you i was looking for you i was looking for you but i couldn't yeah <laughs> you got banned right yeah so i've been i've been mia for no no i didn't get banned um i deactivated okay backstory for people who don't know uh, my name is Marla. I'm a stripper in Dallas, and I've been on Twitter for like two years now. I know a bunch of people from there, and I have a Substack, um, MarlaCruz.substack.com, where I talk about like decriminalization of sex work from a stripper's perspective. And I actually deactivated my Twitter about ten days ago because. A customer found my account, like my Twitter account, and he found my sub stack and the handful of podcasts that I've done where I've <sighs> talked about like decriminalization and sex worker politics. And this customer is being really weird about it. <laughs> um, I almost don't even want to like talk about like my Twitter account on this call because I'm I'm scared that he's going to find this call too and like listen to it and find out that I've been talking about him. Um, yeah, that's this really customer, scary. Uh, I've only known. Yeah. Yeah. This customer, I've only, <laughs> I won't name him because he actually shares one of y'all's names and that would be weird. <laughs> yeah. But um, I've only known him for like three weeks and he's, he's a big spender. Um, he's, spent quite a bit of money on me in these three weeks that I've known him. But um, he found my Twitter and all my shit online like five days into knowing each other because I was really stupid and I let him pay me through Cash App, which has my name that I also have on my Twitter. 
uh, on my cash app. And so he just, I guess he just Googled me. I don't know, but Ugh. he's, um, That's... He's, he's a wealthy, like middle-aged surgeon. Uh, very clearly somebody doesn't want to share my politics or our politics. Um, and so I deactivated my account because I'm like, kind of freaked out by it. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you going to do? I, I should have known that that would happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It, um, you shouldn't gonna, have. I, you know what? I'm taking this as a sign to just stay off Twitter. It's not your fault, though. Like, you shouldn't have known. I mean, that guy shouldn't fucking act like that. Like, there's no reason to get... The the relationship is y'all have... A, you. He spends money for dances. It isn't that, like, he he's, like, gets to know your whole fucking life. I don't know what... I don't know where in the hell men decided that, like, once they go to the club, that, like, everybody at the club is looking for, like, a husband or something. That's why they're dancing. Not to ju- not for money, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. Um, I have just... I've never had anybody react as, as he did. Um, he was mad about it? Stuff, because I know for a fact that... Um, he was like, the way he told me that he had found my account and like my stuff online was he dragged it out over the course of two days. And these were two days that I wasn't working. So like he has like my, my text now number so we communicate back and forth through there. And he would ask me questions where I gave him a, like, there's a discrepancy in my answer that I gave in the club versus what he could find out on my Twitter. So, like, he kept asking me if I have a boyfriend. And, like, I kept telling him no because I don't want to talk about my boyfriend with my customers. I think that's weird. No. Um, he's not he, privy to that he information. He dragged it out over two days. Yeah, the thing is, like, yeah, totally. Like, what weirds me out the most is that, like, he's, he's like, middle-aged and rich, right? And... A lot of people think that in a job like this, when you're a dancer, that if you meet like a big spender, somebody who's willing to spend a lot of money on you in the club, they think that's an inherently good thing. But I'll tell you right now, the people who have spent the most money on me on the club, like the people, the customers have been the most lucrative. They're, they're sick in the head. Like they're sick in the fucking head. There's no way that you can be that wealthy and be like, mentally sane <laughs> and yeah. be a good person and like retain like your morals and like a sense of ethics. Like those customers are absolute nightmares to deal with. The men yeah. who are willing to like drop thousands and thousands in the club. Like they're, they're, I don't like them and I don't like dealing with them, but like the money's so good that it's like, yeah, I guess I'll put up with like a little bit of creepy behavior then and now to like get this money because that's what the job is about. You know what I mean? No, I mean it's like playing with fire. I mean, it's like like you said it's uh it's it's good money, but like this person is inside of themselves think they own you of, in some way or they're in control of you or that they have right to say this stuff. And you know, I, I mean, I t- there's a stripper I talk to and uh she has people all the time that are like, "Hey, I want to bring you out for a business opportunity." And then it you find out the business opportunity is you hang out with them all day. And they're like, no, I came here to work. I did not come here to like start a romantic relationship or anything like that. And even like, even girls that do OnlyFans or just sell like titty pictures through Cash App, um, the way that they tweet, guys will be like, wait a second, 
you know, making like a sexual joke or saying something online that's just meant to be a one-liner. Um, guys think they have some sort of ownership over women because they're because they're talk to them or like they need to they need to respect their time or something. It, it's 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 really broken system. And leftist dudes are just as bad as everybody else. There's it's just all men are. Uh, we're all trained to be very fucking weird and creepy and then like get away with it. And it takes a lot of undoing and, and money doesn't help the situation. Money just makes you think like you're being rewarded for your awful behavior. Like you're, you're doing the right thing or you figured life out because you have a whole bunch of money. It's weird. That's so creepy. Like, what do you do in this situation where it's like, you should be able to have your, your sub stack and your Twitter account and all that stuff without it being like this big, weird thing with some guy. But yeah, you don't ever hear about, okay, dudes don't, I, I can't put myself in the mind of a guy who meets somebody that's at work. When they meet them, they meet you at work and then they go searching all over the fucking internet for you and listening to podcasts that you're on and fucking reading your Twitter and shit like that. Like, that's fucking bonkers. That's like crazy fucking behavior. It's, it's like borderline, like, it is stalking is what it is. I mean, they call it cyber stalking when, when jokingly, when people do stuff like that, you know? That is fucking scary and weird. I mean, who knows what his, like, thing was? Like, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Well, then they create, then it creates this scenario of, like, how do you cut it off or how do you get rid of them? Like, what do you have to worry about the exit now, too, right? Yeah, yeah. This is one of the things that I hate about customers like this is that they take up, they end up taking up so much of my mental space, like inside and outside of work. And so, honestly, I thought it was going to be cut off like this past weekend because I, I normally only work weekends. And I knew he was going to be there again this weekend. And I thought he was going to be upset with me because I started ignoring his texts. Like, I didn't answer any of his texts for like a week straight. Because one of the things that this guy does, and it's common with men who do this, who like who who meet you in the club and then want to find out everything about you, is that he, he started trying to be like emotionally manipulative with me. Like he started love bombing me, which nice. I think is when men love bomb me in the club, it's like more disgusting to me than if they're just horny towards me. And for anybody who doesn't know, like love bombing is like a tactic of like emotionally abusive people to show off really grandiose gestures of like love and romance really early in the relationship of you knowing them. So examples of this would be like, um, if somebody tells you like, I love you really early on in the relationship or they start wanting to like move in together really early on in the relationship, like those are kind of forms of love bombing. And the way that this guy was acting was like really weird. Like, it was the, it was literally the second night that I saw him in the club that we like spent a bunch of time together because he's spending all this money on me. And like, that's how that works. I told him at the end of the night, I was like, I have to go home now. <laughs> you know, the club is closed. I got to go, I got to go pay my house fee and leave. Um, and he started crying. Like he put his face in his hands and he started crying, oh, trying no. to like manipulate me into feeling bad that I had to leave when he had to spend all this money on me throughout the night. 
Fuck. Wow. And again, this is a this is a middle-aged man. Like imagine like a grown middle-aged man crying because you have to say goodnight to him. Like that's fucking weird. It's <laughs> and I, very I thought weird. he was gonna be like I thought he was gonna Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I, I, I thought mean, he was gonna be mad at me if I saw him this weekend because I haven't responded to him. I have I I I cannot put myself in this guy's head at all. Like he's got like real problems. And I assume because he has money, the club isn't like gonna do anything about this. No, no, not at all. The thing is he's close with, oh my God, this makes it worse. He's really close with the owner of the club. Jesus Christ. So whenever he, he came in this past weekend and like, he was really friendly towards me and was willing to give me a lot of money. So I just hung out with him and the owner of the club was there that night. And so we were all just like kind of hanging out, popping bottles, drinking, you know, partying. And that's what he pays me. Like he pays me to party with him. And he made like, there's a certain red flags that come up with him that make me wonder, like, is this guy just going to be annoying or is he actually going to be a problem? Like, does this dude have the potential to be dangerous? I have no idea. I don't think, I think it's too early to try to really make that call yet. But one of the things he said to me this past weekend when I saw him was he made a joke about getting me fired from the club so I could be financially dependent on him because he's like, if you're my girlfriend and I want you to be my girlfriend, like, I don't want you dancing. I would just want to pay you to stop dancing. Dude. Yeah, this is the worst Dude. person. This is the worst fucking guy. I'd like guy. to fight this guy. Fuck this like, guy. In my mind, if you're I, listening, like, yeah. I wish I could go find this guy and whip his ass, his surgeon ass, and break his surgeon hands. I hate this guy. I want to do what happened to Doctor Strange to him. It's, I mean, totally unacceptable, totally unrealistic, totally living in a fantasy world and high on his own fucking ego that he can do whatever he wants and that he's like God. Um, manipulative people, though, are crazy as hell. I had a, I had one um, where someone kind of forced themselves on me and I had to forcefully tell them no. And then they started crying but then I could see them looking out of the corner of their eye at me to see if I was watching them cry. And it made my fucking skin crawl. It was so weird because it was like, you are putting on a show right now. Yeah. You think that I'm going to fall for this. You think so little of me that I'm going to fall for this stupid ass show of, of emotion. I mean, I think that probably works more often than not. Sure. You know what I mean? Like if this guy cried and if this guy even just me not knowing them cried in front of me, it would affect me. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel bad for people who, who make a public spectacle of themselves. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a, um, it's a weird thing with me is, is like, I, I don't know how I would handle something like this. Cause I would be like, I, I gotta, I gotta fix this problem. I fucked up. Cause you know, I make everything my fault. So it's like, it's at least, you know, like you didn't do anything wrong because this guy seems very bizarre. This is a bizarre. Yeah. He, 
I, I really and, feel for you here because this is not something you should have to deal with. This is something that, like, when I went to clubs back when I, back in, like, fuck, it's, it's probably been 15 years since I've been to a club. But, like, when I would go to them, like, I knew the deal. You know what I mean? Like, I go in, I know what the deal is. I know I'm not, like, leaving with somebody. I'm here to party party yeah i'm here to have a horny night partying and that is what i'm here for and then when i leave here i'm not i don't think i paid for anything you know what i mean like i don't feel like when i hand money to a dancer that i paid them for something you know it's very odd it's it i can't believe this stuff happens and and like when you also think about again like this guy to me doesn't even fit the profile of a guy that I would think is a creep because he's a surgeon, I guess. It's very common. I Apparently. I didn't know that. I, I, I wouldn't have expected that the rich guys were the creeps. Creepo. Oh, they're the worst. The rich guys are the worst because they think that any... The whole point to them of having money is that they can use money to control the behavior of people around them and get the people around them to do whatever they want to do. So, so any boundaries that I put up, like he thinks that he can just throw money at it and it'll, it'll go away. So that is true. That is a good point. I, I never really thought of it like that as in like, uh, they think that they can make it go away. I always just think they're dudes that think that they have like, like so much to lose that I, I think they're guys that, that feel like they have so much to lose that they wouldn't want to mess it up. I guess Brian's never hung out with a rich guy. I, He's never. That's the other thing one. here is it's like, <laughs> I have never met a rich person in my life. Uh, I don't know any, I never met somebody that had six figures in their bank account probably. So, uh, that might also be the problem. I just have this way of thinking. Uh, I just have this way of thinking of like, oh, he's a rich guy. He's got too much to lose. He probably won't act like a crazy person. Uh, but when you say it like this, I totally get what you're saying. And uh, I believe you. It's not that I don't believe you. I just, it, it's not what would have popped in my head, I guess. So, like, what is what do you think you're gonna do? Are are you just gonna be off the internet now, like, or or like, are you not gonna go back to the club? Like, what's the, what are your what are the steps here? What do you even do about something like this? I'm gonna take a break from the internet for now. I, I had already planned on taking one, and I just kind of took this as a sign that like I should just get my ass off Twitter. It's bad for me anyway, and I'm happier when I'm not scrolling on that app. So taking a break in and of itself, like, I don't, I don't feel bad about it. You know what I mean? Like, it sucks that he's being annoying about this. And I, I, I guess I, I don't feel like I'm in danger at this point. Watch, watch some fucked up shit happen to me. And then, like, <laughs> people are listening back to this. Like, I had all these red flags, and I, I didn't tell him to fuck off. But for now, I'm just taking a break from being online, and I'm I'm not going to be back at the club for another week. I'm not going to be back until next weekend. And honestly, for now, because I don't feel like I'm in danger, I feel like I can kind of ride this wave of 
typically what happens with men like this is that at a certain point they notice that like the more money they spend does not mean the more control over me that they have. Mm. And the unfortunate reality is that there are a lot more women. There are a lot of women in the club that are very, very vulnerable that need the money more than I do for whatever reason, right? Because they're broke, because they have kids to feed, because they're in a dire situation with housing or something like that. Like there are people who um, are in a, in a much more vulnerable position than I am. And I think that's what he goes in the club to find is to see who is the most, the person that he can control the most with the money. Cause like, but the way that he's acting towards me, it's like, you don't know anything about me. So how can you say that you're like falling in love with me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every, every line, every line that he sees me is just a line. And I'm just like the flavor of the month for him. And I'm just banking on like, I'll take his money for as long as I can. And then whenever he gets bored of the fact that I'm not going to answer his texts all day, or I'm not going to go party with him every night, like he'll just move on to the next girl. I also have to say that when you said you ignored, like, not ignored, but you you saw the red flags, uh, all I can say is, like, in every situation I get in in my life, I see red flags and just run straight into them. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's within, like, I, I hate to make human nature arguments, but I don't think it's in human nature for people to even pay attention to red flags. <laughs> Well, and you know, some of the people in the chat are worried, but um, yeah. this is like a regular part of the job, though. Like, this is an unfortunate circumstance that, that repeats itself over and over again, right? Where someone tests the boundaries yeah, and goes too far. Yeah, this is the first time that I had. Yeah, this is, I would say this is the second most alarming customer I've ever had. The first one I had, this was years ago. Um, he actually started trying to follow me outside of the club. This customer I had years ago, like he would show up to places where I told him I would be. And so I've like seen those red flags before and I had to cut him off at a certain point. But I mean, I, I, that customer was my customer for like three months. So it was like three months of like fucked up, but escalating behavior. And it wasn't until like I saw that clear escalation in behavior that I was willing to take a step back and be like, I don't like how much do I really need this money? You know what I mean? Like he's already given me so much. Like I have savings now. Like I'll be fine if I tell him to fuck off. And yeah. I think at a certain point, and I think at a certain point his behavior might escalate. But like I said, like, I, I mean, I'm, I feel very, <laughs> I don't want to worry people in the chat. Like I, I don't want people to be worried about me because it's like, I feel like I've had good instincts about this before. And like, I do have people around me that I feel very supported by, like I live in like a like a safe apartment or whatever, like gated cameras everywhere, stuff like that. I have a roommate, so there's somebody that would notice if like mm -hmm. I went missing or something like that immediately. Okay. And like I said, I don't feel like I'm in danger yet, but there's kind of this tipping point that'll happen over the next one, two, maybe three weeks, where I kind of find out like were my instincts right or did I completely misread the situation? And this guy's like gonna try to kill me i have no idea but we're gonna find out <laughs> and in the meantime i'm, I'm still gonna take his money <laughs> that's the job <laughs> that's the job and that's the thing is that you see all the people that complain about how it isn't work and it's like how would you like to fend off stalkers forever yeah. how much money is that worth how, how much is is a good hourly rate to fight off fucking stalkers yeah you know yeah yeah for sure i mean it's 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 i can't 
I just, you know, I hear about dudes and it just every, I don't know why, but dudes are shocking to me every time, like this kind of thing. Cause you know, again, me and my wife have been together for like 20 years and stuff. Uh, uh, so dudes are freaks, man. They don't rock. Jesus. No, not very much. Um, well, Marla, please stay safe and uh, uh, tell everybody where they can, where, where they can, is your Substack still up? My Substack is still up, uh, marlacruz.substack.com. I'm currently off Twitter, um, so don't try to find me there. I'll probably be back next month, but, but not anytime within the next two or three weeks. And yeah, I will not I'll, be searching I'll for you. Be safe, as safe as I can. Yeah, be safe. Keep us posted. <laughs> if, if anything happens, you know. Hey, and if you can get a hold of me because I wanted, I have, a, I wanted to have you as a guest. That's what I was looking for you the other day. I'm trying to put together a mini mini series of my own. I wanted to have you on as a guest. So uh, get a hold of me if you can. Okay. Okay. I I will. All right. Well, before <laughs> you go, have a good night, Marla. Good luck. Peace I, out. I, I really be safe. All right. All right. Thank you. Up next, next call. That's creepy, man. Oh, I know. It's, I hate guys, dude. It's, um, I've been, yeah, talking to like, uh, I'm a guy that women send messages that other guys are sending to them. They're like, look what this fucking person said to me. And it's way over the line and way beyond. I mean, I have the same sensibilities as you. Like, my goodness. That's how, how I how, always am. Yeah. How dare you talk to a lady like that? A gentleman would never speak of a woman that way. And motherfucking strangers from the internet or people that like, hey, I think you're cute. And then they're like, you have a fucking boyfriend? Why didn't you fucking tell me? You yeah. know, just or, uh, oh, I thought I didn't know you were fucking other people while we were talking just because they made a sex joke online. Yeah. Yeah. And it's coming from I'm in I've heard the complaints too from that it's leftists, it's union oh, yeah. it's union people too. It's yeah. people it's dudes that think they're fucking left and still treat women like shit and property. Oh yeah. And don't understand what the fucking thing what how it works. I totally believe all that. Still don't see stripping as a job, a straight up fucking job. That's yeah. all it is. It is a job. I mean, that's the thing. That's that's I mean what what you said there is like or or what I had had said on that call was like uh you know, she's at work. And this guy, like, you know, I didn't want to, but you don't like have, well, I, I guess you do. I was going to say, you don't have a conversation that's like kind of pleasant with a cashier and then go searching for them on the internet. But, uh, some people I'm going to have to say that probably a lot of dudes do go searching yeah. for women they talk to as a cashier on the internet. And so. they imagine something inside of their mind on how things are going to happen based upon like what they read or what they want and try to force it. Just, yeah. It's wild, man. You know, it's bad. Uh, let's get another call in. Thanks for calling street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, uh, this is Tanner in Michigan. What's up, Tanner? How's it going tonight? That's good, man. Um, I have a corn story. Actually. Oh. Um, I'm a live, I work in a live audio production. Cool. And the first festival I did after a COVID lockdown ended was a new metal festival. And the headliners were Corn and Rob Zombie. Fuck, what? that is um, a hell of a show. And I debated. <laughs> it was pretty fun, man. Um, it, it was good to be back. 
you know, it's, it's not really my genre, but it was, I mean, it's fun to be working again. And yeah, I, corn was great. I, you know, they're great live. They do a good job, but, uh, I, I, yeah, I people don't tell the story. Cause I'm always, I just need to talk. People don't get that. Corn right, is go really good in concert. They're like excellent live. I, I mean, if you yeah. don't like the music, there's nothing I can yeah, do for really you. Good. But when you see them live, you're like, Oh, th- these guys are like, actually like really good at this. I mean, like the, like the, the scatting stuff, like the Jonathan Davis scatting stuff. Like, I can't think of another person I've seen live that does anything that like, I mean, I've seen other people with incredible voices, but like, it's, it's pretty impressive how much it sounds like it could be on the record. You know, they, they also like take but, uh, up anyway. the whole stage. I think that's something that people like might yeah. not know about them is that like, they're legit arena rock band, man. <laughs> like, they, it, they are yeah, yeah, bigger yeah. than life. It's really cool. So uh, I debated whether to even call in because I'm always hesitant to talk about work, but I actually didn't directly interact with, uh, oh, I have a corn story and I have a stain story from the same festival. Uh, but I didn't actually interact directly with either of them. So I think that I'm safe. Uh, so when I was walking on the production road to, um, to employee parking, to staff parking, and corn was walking toward the stage. And uh, there's a cop standing along the road and uh, head turns to him and he goes, I didn't do it, officer. And the cop goes, oh, I'm pretty good. How are you? <laughs> and uh, I just like to think that he lays awake at night. <laughs> and it's, it's the embarrassing moment that he remembers. of like, ah, yeah, that's not what he said to me. Yeah. He said, I didn't do it, officer. The same joke everyone else says to me five times a day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was a fun one. So what happened with my Stane? Wife, I heard my wife's they're... not 100% convinced. She thinks maybe he... What was that? Uh, what happened with Stained? I hear their Aaron Lewis is an enormous asshole. Oh, he, uh, <laughs> well, you know, he, he like, he wears it on his sleeve, you know, the, uh, far right stuff. He's wearing an impeach Biden hat while he was singing and stuff. Um, but, uh, <laughs> behind the stage, they were the band that played before Rob Zombie on the second day. And, uh, behind the stage, I saw him talking to two or three of the cops that were working the festival. I guess most of these are cop stories, actually, too. But cops are always at festivals. Um, I saw him talking to two or three cops, and I was like, oh, you know, stained cops adds up. They're probably fans or whatever. And so I go into the changeover. You know, I'm on stage, like, you know, pulling my cables and whatever. And I go backstage, and he's surrounded by, like, 10 cops. Or not surrounded, but, like, circle with, like, 10 cops. Just, like, still shooting the shit with them, like, 45 minutes later or something. And he, he loved it, his it made talent. me wonder, like, did they, did they like radio to each other and be like, oh, hey, man, Aaron Lewis is talking to us. Or was he like, I want to talk to the cops here and tell them that I appreciate them. I think a little bit of both. But I would say that he definitely yeah. probably pulled a bunch of cops aside and said that he appreciates them. Because, I mean, he wears thin, thin blue line shirts on stage when he performs. He That guy loves yeah, the police. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine he's talking to one, and then another one it comes to ch- check him, check out like where his partner's at, and he's like, "Hey, big guy, what's what's the best story you got?" He's like, you know, Aaron Lewis is like a seven year old, and he's just like, "You're so you look so strong. Oh, you yeah. How do you work out?" Like every time he sees a cop, he just starts 
immediately getting on his knees and groveling and being like, can I touch your arms? You look so strong. What are your, what are your exercises that you do, sir? What's the baddest criminal you ever busted? <laughs> do you have any tattoos? He's trying to like, figure out if he's on the workout playlist or not. <laughs> hey, do you have mud shovel on your workout playlist? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. And what happened was he was talking to a couple of cops one of those cops broke off and walked away and ran into other cops and was like, Aaron Lewis is over there just fucking chatting with cops. Yeah. And, you know, probably a lot of the other ads yeah. don't hang out, don't want to hang around the cops. Well, they're both the most, I mean, cops are so egotistical that like when it's like, yeah, this big time celebrity, you know, he's been all over the world, but he never met a cop like me before. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> true. Well, yeah, that's that's probably part of it. That's funny. that's great. Uh, uh, it sounds like uh, corn was cool and stained was uncool, much like all throughout the nineties and two thousands. <laughs> it <laughs> well, was weird for- because I've you know I'm in, I'm in Michigan. Which is- oh, what's up? No, go ahead, go ahead. I I was gonna say thanks for calling, but but uh, what were you gonna say? Oh, I, I was just saying I'm in like. This is like still a pretty hot like new metal market in Michigan. Fuck yeah! Like uh, you know, like Drowning Pool and like you know, Slipknot and and Corn. Like all those bands do really well here. And the two bands from that genre I really like are System of a Down and Deftones. And I've just never crossed paths. It just hasn't happened yet. Which System doesn't tour a lot, but Deftones still does. So I'm just waiting on the day. It's gonna come one of these yeah, days. Yeah, they don't. They don't get out to the Midwest as much, Deftones. They're, I think they're bigger on the West Coast so and, like, overseas, maybe. I, but, yeah, I the Deftones are great. Yeah, uh, uh, They're also, like, one of those bands that, like, takes up the whole stage, that, like, have incredible presence. And, like, they, you know, if you've seen yeah. a lot of arena shows and festival shows, you'll know that some some artists, like, just aren't good at at like taking up the whole stage they just kind of do their thing and walk off i will warn you real quick before we before we go system of a down is not good live like some of the worst concerts i've ever (laughs) seen for system of a down but maybe they're better i I remember hearing that on the episode yeah maybe they're better now yeah but yeah you know i mean i've I've seen a lot of shows that weren't that good live so yeah more of a Almost like a like a checkbox in my mind. Well, their drummer's a Trump guy, and then their drummer's a tell someone who doesn't care at a bar in twenty years. Yeah, their drummer's a Trump guy. I think that's why they haven't toured. Like, I think there's problems in the band because their that, drummer's yeah. like a Trump dude. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. That's a bummer. He was like my other than Serge. He was like my second favorite like player in the band when I was like a teenager. Like he yeah, has the craziest riffs, and then yeah, I remember. When that story came out and I was like, well, at least it's far enough after the fact now that I can tuck it into the nostalgia hole in my mind. Yeah, he's great. He's he's a really good drummer. He's just a Trump guy, which is so weird. Yeah, yeah. System of a down of all bands. Like it could have been literally any other new metal yeah. band. <laughs> it was the only political yeah. new metal band <laughs> as a Trump guy. Yeah. In it. So, where, where do they expect that to go in the bomb fall band? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thanks yeah. for calling. Uh, uh, have a good night. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you do.
Rolling, rolling, rolling. Speedish. Yeah, we're going to have to speed round here. We're running out of time, and calls just keep rolling in. Thanks for on Street Fight. Hey there, how's it going? Great, how are you? Pretty good. Uh, I called uh, like a few months ago, I guess, probably like in April or May, about uh, at a, oh, my name's Tom, uh, but I had a coworker. I'm a custodian at a public school, and I had a coworker oh. who was like leaving early you. and clocking out at home. And, I remember you, Tom. Yeah. What? So what? I was just. Please tell us what's going on now. So okay. Actually, let me let me let me catch people up. So Tom works at a school, uh, custodian overnight, uh, and the guy that is supposed to be cleaning the school with you, right, is like just clocking in mm-hmm. and going home and getting drunk or something. Yeah, and then like you, you, you have we have like a mobile app to like clock in and out, and for some reason his works like three towns away instead of like just inside the building. So he like would call, like he would get his eight hours, but probably only work like three or four or whatever. And he so, sucks. He's like terrible at his job. So what happened? Are are we so, still in like, this situation? I, uh, so like, not exact. Not really. Uh, it actually worked out pretty well for me. Um, <clears throat> I decided to just like keep my head down and. uh you know, keep like doing a good job and whatever. And so this actually happened right before July 1st. Um, but because of what happened, my schedule shifted. So they did what's called an involuntary transfer, which is like the school board has a meeting and they do the paperwork so they can like force you to switch a building or whatever. And so I don't know, if like they caught on what he was doing, like the principal did and just didn't want to like deal with it. Cause this dude's mom is like the secretary to the superintendent and like, doesn't want any of that smoke or whatever, but for whatever reason they switched our position. So now I have his job and he has my old shitty job and it's been really great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, you won. And it also like, it, it lined. Yeah. Like basically. Yeah. Um, my my other the position I had before I was splitting between two buildings like four hours at each building, and my supervisor there my head custodian was like a huge fucking he had like a huge hard on for me he was an absolute asshole and it like started probably my first week there where you know you work your four hours you have a half hour lunch break and then you clock in the other building and one night he's like oh the Girl Scouts are here until like six so just like have your lunch here and hang out and lock lock up after they leave. Cause sometimes they stick around after six. And I said, no, uh, that's work. And my lunch break is my time. And he had a fucking total meltdown and it was like all downhill from there. So I don't know if like my principal at that building knew that I was basically like ready to quit. Cause I wasn't going to be able to put up with that guy for like, I mean, I, I literally like pulled the dude to fuck off. Like it got really confrontational a couple of times and like, I, well, other than telling the guy to fuck off, I was like professional and the the 65 year old head custodian was not at all. Like he was coming in early and checking the security cameras every day to make sure that I was like doing everything perfectly or whatever. And it was just like super stressful. So I don't know if like my principal was trying to help me out or if they were trying to get rid of this dude that sucks or try to get the dude that sucks to have some more, um, oversight with this like hard ass boss or whatever but for whatever reason i just have like a way better job and i'm like totally set up to uh have a head custodian position when mine retires uh next june 
Oh, so nice. I'm pretty happy about it. Way to go. Hell yeah, yeah you I did just, it. And you didn't tell yeah, anybody. You won and didn't even have to snitch. That is yep. how it works, baby. That the, yep. the world, the universe will help you, will provide. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still have to go to work, so that kind of sucks. But, you know, it's a lot better than it was. And, uh, I mean, literally when I got the paperwork for the involuntary transfer, or I guess, <clears throat> so me and the dude I work like, the reason I didn't call in all summer is because, the summer job you switch to 6 a.m to 2 30 p.m so i i switched from doing my night shift to my day shift and was like up early and went to bed at like eight you know and so i started doing that with the guy that i that sucks the guy that was like always sandbagging it or whatever we would work together during the day and the principal just came up and he's like uh can you guys turn that music off and i'm like yeah what's up and he's like uh I think it's going to be best for everybody if uh, you guys switch positions. So I put in the paperwork and uh, I'll see you on July 1st, Tom, at 6 a.m. or whatever. <laughs> so I was like, all right. That was it. <laughs> so it just, that is great. Yeah, that was that all is... nice, but didn't. Yeah. So. Massive win. Nice. And I like, call that a win. Yeah. My girlfriend, my girlfriend noticed like my, because uh, I was super anxious about going to work because of that asshole supervisor. And just like super stressed out about work all the time. And the second that transfer went through, I just like, it was like a complete 180 on my mood. And I mean, like, especially during the pandemic of working in public schools, it was like a huge load off my shoulders. So it's been a lot better. That's great. That's good news. Uh, Thanks. uh, That's really good news. We did. Good job. Uh, Real quick. We did have a bomb threat uh, Friday afternoon. So I showed up to work and there were like 30 cops there. And the school I work at now is like third and fourth graders. And I guess like a third grader wrote on the bathroom wall, uh, roses are red, violets are blue. This school's going to blow at 132. Yeah. <laughs> <And they> fucking <laughs> evacuated the whole building. <laughs> it was so awesome. <laughs> no test. <laughs> no, so also, third grader. Uh, so I got, I also got an, uh, I got an hour of overtime just chilling outside because the police wouldn't let us in. And I'm like, I texted my union rep and I'm like, is this considered hours work if I'm like stuck here? And he's like, oh, hell yeah, clock in. <laughs> so like, you know, like 30 bucks or whatever, just like fucking stand outside and smoke cigarettes in front of the school. <laughs> God, that's fucking hilarious. Oh, man. Anyway, well, thanks for. Uh... Yeah, yeah, thanks, well, thanks for, for calling. Uh, thanks for the update. I just wanted to tell you. Thanks for the update. Yeah, Have if good... I get that head custodian position next June, I'll call back in and let you guys know. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Good. Congratulations. Take care, guys. Peace. Thanks. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Jay from Indiana. What's up? Jay, you said? Not the much. How are y'all doing? We're doing okay. Yeah, I called, uh, like, back. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was calling back in, like, I think last winter about union stuff at my workplace okay all right uh how do you have a union now <laughs> we were in contract negotiation the last time i talked with y'all and the contract is done oh so it all worked out you you got it done how long did it take Um, so the contract got done in May, 
And I left in March. So we started in August. So it took uh, 10 months. No, nine months. Gee, it's a baby. It's a union. Like I was going to say, it's a boy, but like it's a union. There. That's the best I can do on short notice. You, Give me uh, till next Sunday and I'll come up with something. Union. Yeah, yeah. So how's it working I, out? It's like. Is is everything good? Are the are the bosses like kind of abiding by the contract? Is there like tension in the office or anything? Uh, there's been ten. There's always tension in the office. I'm actually working a new job. Um, I needed to get out of the, like the fuck out of there. So I'm working in manufacturing now rather than archiving. Um. And, but I'm still like following, I still follow the things and I'm still like in the groups and stuff and there's tension and stuff. They laid a bunch of people off because the boss failed to secure work, uh, for everyone because he's an abrasive asshole. So they laid a bunch of people off, my partner included. Um, but everyone got like pay raises and the full timers got PTO and there's recall rights, which it was tight uh, because when they needed to hire more people again, uh, my partner got a text from the film studio manager. It was like, Hey, do you want to come back? And my partner just texted LOL. Fuck no. And ghosted him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I'm really glad. So, so everybody's happy. Everything worked out. Now there's a union. It only took nine months of arguing with ownership, but it's going to take time. How long can I ask you this? How long did it take from the beginning mm-hmm. to the end of the union? Like starting because we, we don't talk about the nuts and bolts of it nearly enough on here. And I am like actually kind of curious how from the first day that you all started two this, years and two months two years okay so it takes two years two months about that is but hey that's yeah, good to yeah. know though because i'm sure there are people in union drives that feel hopeless right now that have been at it for like six months or something they're like i don't know it might not work out but mm-hmm. but it takes time this kind of thing takes time yeah no, you, it, it takes it, a lot of time. Unless you kill the it, owners. It's worth it. I can it tell you. Well, then it takes no time, and you're a fucking king. And yeah. God bless you forever. Yeah, you just got to kill them. Um, but the, the specific thing I'd like to call in to talk about was uh, being able to strike while no longer being employed at that place, which felt very good. Because Ooh. we did a work stoppage because they took six weeks to get to us, uh, get back to us. Um, and I left that workplace because I was like, fuck this shit. I'm trans. I want to go get a new fucking job where I'll get health care and other shit. And that I was very fortunate. And I got that. And um, a few weeks after I left, it had still been a few weeks since the man, uh, since the uh, manager of operations got back to us, and uh, my coworkers and our union were just like, I mean, like my my 
union coworkers were just like, fuck this shit, work stoppage, and none of them came in. And the manager and the management just like shit their pants. It was so funny watching it. And I was like, I think I was off work that day or I was doing something. And one of like the delivery people called me and was like, hey, your number was on the door. Um, can you let me in? And I was like, honestly, dude, um, I don't work there anymore. And I'm not going to call the manager because I feel like I'm get, like my coworkers are on strike right now and I'm never going to be a fucking scab. And the dude just was like, yeah, that makes sense. And he just hung up. <laughs> and it, was, it was fucking beautiful. <laughs> Perfect. That fucking kicks ass. And I carried on with my fucking day. Hell yeah. yeah Hell yeah. Fuck, fuck that workplace. I'm happy to be out of there. Working well, a dehumanizing manufacturing job. Congrats. Well, hey, I'm glad it all worked. I'm glad the union happened though. That is that is really good news. That's a real positive. Two positive calls in a row. Look at us go know. tonight. And then we got one more to take, yeah. and maybe it'll be positive. You know, who knows? I, you know, I hope, I hope, I hope it's a positive one. I hope you, if y'all ever want someone to talk about like really boring nuts and bolts union stuff, I'm more than happy to talk about that. Okay, over. We'll uh, put that on the list. Yeah, yeah, we will put that on the list of things to talk about. Well, thanks for calling. Hell yeah. Have a have a good evening. Of course, yep. Peace. All right. Yeah, y'all as well. Take care. Hitting that last cow. Last, last cow. cow. The cow in me. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, hey, this is uh Douglas from Austin, Texas. I have a story about uh my trainer when I was a trucker who was a literal Nazi. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, let's hear it. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, from Alabama originally. I uh, moved out to Tennessee to get a job with uh, some company. I think its abbreviation was PTL and uh, started off pretty normal. Uh, they asked if I wanted smoking or non-smoking in trainers and told them off the bat. I was like, I'll go with non-smoking. It took almost two weeks for a trucker to come in that was not smoking. So <laughs> that was already a bad sign. Let yeah. me, can I tell you something though? Yeah, that was. Uh, I I what? I smoked when I was a uh, uh, when I worked, and I would you know smoke obviously even if the person didn't smoke. I rolled the window down, but like, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I I had the opposite thing. They they just put me with a guy. And I got into the van and he was like, do you smoke? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, too bad. And I uh, was like, you ain't smoking. So I, I wasn't allowed to smoke. He was a real prick about it too. But uh, uh, <laughs> so I, I had the opposite. Yeah. The uh, So what happened with me is I actually was more of a social smoker. So I could if I wanted to, but I was just like, I feel like it'll be better if I go non-smoking. I felt like we'd have less like random stops or whatever. Anyway, I was told at the outset, Hey, you're going to get to fill up on gas every day, which means you're going to get shower tokens. You'll get the shower every day. It was a week and a half before we showered for the first time because I'm on his schedule. Oh no. Truck. It was horrifying. Jesus, so he, he wasn't uh, quite at the piss in a gallon jug level, 
Hmm? Oh my god. I mean, he what didn't shower like for days at a time. Week over a week, it was <laughs> horrifying. And eventually, was like, "Oh yeah, we're finally going to take a shower today." And I'm like, "Oh sweet zombie Jesus, thank you." So you and were yeah, on, that was the greatest part on, of that entire trip. Jeez, how many days was the trip? Like, how long was the trip? So, oh, so that's. I, I'm I'm building up to this thing. It, it's a whole. So <laughs> I'm in the trailer with this guy. Things go on, and eventually I'm like, I gotta talk to this guy. I'm gonna be with him for like however many months it is. It's several, like I think it's like two months is what it should be or something. And he just starts talking about, yeah, when I was in jail, I was, uh, you know, I joined the Aryan Brotherhood, and I keep in touch. And I'm just like, that's Uh-oh. that's not information you just kind of throw out there. But, and, uh, as it went on, he just started asking me questions about my family and stuff. And it's like, well, the brother's gay. I'm bi. I didn't really think I should tell this guy any of that. And it, uh, starts building to where he gets more comfortable because <laughs> I'm not outright being like, Hey, please stop telling me you're like weird racist stuff. But he, this was around, I think it was around the first stages of like BLM getting kind of big. And I remember him putting a, uh, showing me on his phone how he had tweeted out hashtag white lives matter more. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm with this guy. I, oh, I, here's the best part. I, um, I was prescribed Xanax at the time, but I was told I couldn't take it while trucking, even though my doctor said it was fine. Um, so I'm having panic attacks that I'm not showing throughout this whole thing. We go up to Pennsylvania, we go down to Texas, we're on our way back to Kentucky, and then we blow like eight tractor tires, or trailer tires, on the way near Camden, Tennessee, this Uh guy's hometown. Oh, no. So, we drop off the trailer, I have to stay with him, he's like, oh yeah, instead of waiting in the waiting room, just come stay with my family. I had to stay with this crazy dude's family for about a week. (gasps) There was just, it was every every stereotype you could imagine. He would tell me about how his parents grew up in Sand Valley, Tennessee. He told me that was KKK town. I didn't ask further questions on that. He had a weird brother-in-law that kept telling, he had a weird brother-in-law with very obvious track marks that kept telling me about how awesome the book or uh, how awesome the movie Fight Club was. His wife thought she could cook and very clearly could not. Their child was like a slightly skinnier version of Honey Boo Boo. And just, I, I'm staying with these people. It's pure insanity the whole time. I'd never felt so immersed in like, in that kind of level of insanity since visiting a buddy of mine that lived out in Margaret, Alabama that has a hill named after a racial slur. Um, (laughs) So eventually I I like cord myself off in the house at some point and I I make a call to the trucking line. I'm like, hey, I'd like to quit. They're like, oh, do you have a, what's going on? I'm like, the dude's a Nazi. And they're like, okay. All right, yeah, just uh, just have them come drop you off, and it's all good. I'm like, <laughs> all right. And uh, I, I, I managed to get home, and I realized I'm pretty sure they stole my Kindle. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's 
you know, yeah. what are you going to do? After, something they will they never you, use. I can't believe they made you go with you go tell him to drop you off because you were quitting. Like, that seems like not the yeah. best way to do that. And they didn't care that they had a Nazi. Right? I know. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Eh, I mean, what do you Oh, yeah. That, that was the best part. They didn't ask any. They asked no further questions on it. And sure enough, it was like a walk of shame. Like, I'm I'm driving back. Guys, like, are you sure you don't like it? And I'm like, ah, I just don't really think it's for me. You know, the I was just like, yeah, it's just super stressful. And I was literally losing my hair. Um, couldn't notice too often because I didn't get the shower much. But when I did, definitely was falling out. <laughs> I mean, the Nazism yeah, was a it big was, issue um, with me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if, unless you yeah, can, like, exactly, just yeah. jump out of the car and find someone to to fly you home or come pick you up. I mean, it, you feel like you're trapped in those situations and you kind of shut down. And you're like, I just have to make it out of this alive. I mean, but 24 hours a day for yeah. a fucking it was horrible, week, dude, crazy in that kind of situation crazy. is crazy. Too thing. much. For a, for a mm-hmm. job and to then ask with his you family. to endure. Yeah. Oh, it was insanity. And the, also, the, uh, his kid was like, um, it was like a children of the corn thing. Like I would wake up in the morning in their guest room and should be staring at me from the foot of the bed. And yeah, I thought I was going to like lose my skin or something or wake up missing multiple organs. Or a swastika yeah, tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> wake up, they tattoo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was the best part. He had a, I almost You're forgot to. You're no area brother. Well, to mention, had a very <laughs> he had a very very not well hidden uh, couple of numbers tattooed on a on a, his like pectoral or something that would because he would wear these uh, uh like wife beaters that would hang kind of low in the neck and you could see a fourteen and I'm like I think I know where the rest of that number is <laughs> or what it is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, yeah. That is um, terrifying. Anyway, I'm a I'm a huge. I was gonna say I'm a I'm a huge fan of you guys. Uh, put off listening for a while. So happy I called in. I'm gonna have to call in some other times because uh, uh, I've just got nostalgic people talking about live music and janitorial. I was a uh, I was a manager of janitorial maintenance and event setup at a, a well known music venue in Alabama, and I've got stories about the time like we banned Marilyn Manson and. The time he came back and knocked someone out with a birthday cake. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, okay. Well, definitely call back. We, uh, uh, <laughs> that was a harrowing call, but thank you for calling. Hey, it had a good ending. Uh, I make more money now than I ever did. And, <laughs> man, I'm sure that dude's just like, I don't know. I'm assuming he got COVID or something at this point. Yeah, it's probably a good assumption. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Peace. Hey, thank you. That was you. Street Fight Radio. You can find us on all the podcasting apps. And if you want to get more, head to patreon.com slash Street Fight Radio. Um, Brian is working on Shocktober right now. We got new episodes coming every single week through the month of October. So look for that. It's hosted by Brian, Felix, and Chris. Volume 1 and 2 have come together to make Volume 3. And uh, it's already off to a good start. Lots of people love it. So get in there. Um, my name is Brett. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Brett Payne, B-R-E-T-T-P-A-I-N. Uh, Instagram as well. You can find Street Fight WCRS on Facebook. 
Instagram and YouTube, and Brian is Murder X Brian on Twitter. We will see you.